Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Occasionalists. It's Adam Chemielewski taking over the hosting duties for today, but with me, as always, is the one and only Matthew Pagel. Citizen Takes, how are we doing today, dude? I'm doing really good, and I really think that the next time we do, we're going to do a sports episode today, and I think the next time we do a sports episode, we need to have like an old school, like 90s sports radio like opening. Oh, God, like the Indians baseball, we're talking tribe song. Well, no, no like, like we, we both have nicknames and like we're doing fucking, there's like sound effects and shit. Like we have a name for like, like, you know, like the, the Madhouse or something is like the name of the show. Oh, of course. I think this is a phenomenal idea. We'll have to think of some really yeah, clever kind we'll of kind it. of names and everything like that. Yeah, you bet. And they've um, been doing uh, the guy, Jonathan Peterland, on 92.3 um, a couple of weeks ago. Is He's been deciding like names and everything for his show. So I um, I know at least I have a couple things in my mind not what not to call it. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, that was just like such a staple of like sports radio for so long. Um, like, go, like, you know, you had like for years on, on the fan in New York, you had uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. Um, right. I, you know, like I know, I know sometimes on, on Cleveland, on 92.3, they sometimes like go by their, their show names, like the Animal House or, right. or Talking Heads, but like it, not usually. They usually just call themselves Baskin Phelps or Bull and Fox or whatever. Um, but that yeah. was such a fucking radio staple in the nineties. You, you watched Fraser all the way through, right? I yes, I have watched it all the way through, and I've rewatched like half of it or so, and it's just it's it still holds. It it's, still oh, holds it's up. fantastic! But the uh, the sports guy Dan, I think his name is, um, yeah, like uh, Bulldog. Yeah, 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 Bulldog. Like that's exactly what I have in mind, like with for like a sports intro. Oh God, of course. Oh God, and um, I gotta because now we this is gonna be the only one in time I get to talk about Bulldog. His ban his Banshee cameos and stuff at the end. Totally fucking didn't expect Bulldog to make an appearance in that show. <laughs> I know, right? And, and he was great in it. <laughs> he was amazing in it. And um, can I get a little bit of like a, a stupid hot take here? And I'm sure this is a take you've probably heard before. But I got to say, man, like if I'm talking like as a whole, like the show as a whole, and I know Cheers ran a, for a few more years longer than Frasier. I got to say, as a whole, I think I've enjoyed Frasier more than Cheers. Oh, I, I, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Okay. They, like, dude, I'm telling you, like, Je- Jess and I, we were watching Cheers. We, we Like, I, I've seen basically, like, 60% of the episodes. I, there's a lot of stuff I missed. But as it got towards the end, it's like, wow, we're still doing this. Wow, we've still got a show going on here. Yeah. And even the finale, I was like, oh, the finale is one of those to be continued. you got to – it's just not going to end. Yeah, I, I know. It's, um, it, like, the thing – like, first off, the thing with Cheers, it starts a little slow, too. Um, which is part of it. Like once it, once, uh, Shelly Long leaves and it's no longer the Sam and Diane show, then like, and Chris, Christy Alley comes in and you bring in, um, uh, Woody Harrelson. That's to yep. me when the show like really takes off and becomes cheers, but it does just like, con- it does continue for so fucking long. Like it really, really does. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, dude, I gotta agree. The slow start, very, very slow. There was some really like, you know, character stuff with Sam and his alcoholism in the beginning. Yeah, oh, for sure. And and then like Woody comes in and like I'm not gonna like 
what he was like, it's just a completely like new shot of life into the show and everything like that, you know? And then like, it's like, it's funny to see like the, um, the hair progressions of Woody Harrelson from mm-hmm. the nineties and stuff. Like you were easy, like going back onto this, like he was shooting white men can, men can't jump obviously. And he's probably getting ready for money train with the way his head, his hair was looking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got to tell you, um, I did like, enjoyed Frazier a little bit more, but we are not here to do a big time cheers Frazier breakdown as much as, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of fiending to do that now that we've kind of dabbled, uh, (laughs) dabbled into a little bit, but, um, the big topic, yes, is going to be sports. I'm all for doing the nineties. Um, they will do that for next time for sure. And before we get into the conversation, I just kind of want to bring back the five good minutes section. It's been a while since we've done that. And thank you everybody for tuning into, uh, movie may last month we had a really good time with that and hopefully you all did as well so before we kick off sports let's kick off some five good minutes and matt why don't you uh lead us off okay so this is going to be about 40 seconds um legitimately and it does it's just a continue a carryover from movie may um was really awesome to do the short film stuff for obvious reasons i mean it was just it was fun to sort of take on that sort of challenge something we we have yet we had yet to do um but even more interesting was how eager all of the people involved in these short films that I tagged were to like and interact with our post and tell us when new stuff is coming. Uh, like literally of the, all the people I tagged, I'd say 90% of them had like a positive message or a positive post about it. That um, is fucking incredible. And it's I'm really, so happy to hear that. And it's really like, what's really fantastic about that is like, because we're not talking like um, Henry Duthwaite who played Tom and beyond the Aquila rift. Um, you know, gave us a couple like follow up messages, like you know, we do a full movie. Glad you liked it. You know, it was really interesting. Like blah blah blah. Thanks for the good reviews. The guy who directed all through the house gave us like a, a you know gave us a thumbs up and told us that like there's going to be like more stuff coming for like the behind the scenes stuff for Love Death and Robots. And I I think because of the scale, literally and and figuratively in this case, the scale of like what you know their role in the entertainment industry is, they're significantly more available and flexible to respond to like any kind of fan interaction than you know me trying to like get uh, christopher nolan's attention on instagram right right so that was really cool like Like the how how willing how willingly they interacted with uh with us on that that was really cool very happy that makes me very happy to hear that and dude you're right christopher nolan um even though he should probably listen to the podcast um he's going to be rather difficult to uh mm-hmm. to get in touch with i don't even know if he has social media i probably a twitter account somewhere probably but, um yeah no dude i'm telling you that's really great to hear you're right those are like they're a little bit like more accessible and stuff like that a little bit more personable and like these are people that like you know want their work seen and believe me i will gladly watch whatever you're going to put out i love mm-hmm. the i love the last month and everything like that with movie may so i'm i'm very happy to hear that dude that's a great way great shot of uh, positivity to uh, kick off this episode absolutely sure. absolutely so there you go that was it nice very nice well mine mine's not going to be a five minute one either i um i have to do a little bit of a shout out here on um, something i rarely do on the podcast if ever and I'm going to actually say something positive about Orange County right now. And um, over the weekend, uh, Jess and I took a trip down to San Diego. And on the way down to San Diego, we stopped at this brewery in Orange County. It's in Pacenta, Orange County, which is right around Anaheim. We had to drive um, by the Angel Stadium and the uh, the Honda Center to get to it. Mm-hmm. The Angel Stadium is still rocking the giant, like, kind of A with yeah. the halo in the front. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. I just I haven't seen that site or since angels in the outfield basically so um that's why they call the big a yeah 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 that's right um 
so we go down to this brewery. It's called The Brewery, like, but it's B-R-U-E-R-Y. This place was one of the most unique breweries um, in Southern California that I've ever been to and quite possibly one of the more unique microbrews that I've, that I've ever been to, period. And, um, you know, like you go into a lot of these microbrews and like I'm not going to say like that they're all the same, but it, you kind of have like the same menu. Like you go in there, there's probably like three IPAs. There's a lager. There's a stout. There's like, you know, like a mm-hmm. um, like maybe like a sour or something. It's all kind of the same. This place I don't even think they had any IPAs like they had very, very like um, just different kind of selections, more like a European style brewery and everything like um, they had like three beers, I think, that were under seven percent alcohol. They were all delicious. Like I I just I stuck to the lower stuff. Um, Jess had some of the higher concentrated stuff. And oh, my God, dude, that was. Yeah. Wow. There there was some powerful stuff there. So. this place, the brewery, Pacenta, California, I was very, very impressed with it. Um, I just, this is one of those places where I just kind of want to go back and drink everything on the menu because it's just stuff that you don't really see in a lot of other breweries. And like, I rarely see this more like European style approach to it. I always see kind of the same things over and over again. So it was a nice breath of fresh air in terms of the, the brewery scene. And it was also cool to like, unbelievably have something positive to say about something in orange county so like i i felt that this was uh, worthy of the discussion it probably won't happen for a long time and i immediately followed it up with um something negative to say about orange county when i had to pay their stupid toll for driving on this highway which is a stupid stupid toll and uh yeah so th- that's that's it for me dude really cool brewery in southern california the brewery the brewery is like mentally how i'm like i want to pronounce it but <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's not, that sounds like a good time. And uh, anytime you're, anytime you're in the OC, as they never say, um, in, in right. the OC, um, yeah, it, it's it's sort of. I, I guess we've talked. I know we've talked about it before. And you obviously live it much more, um, much more closely than I do. But like, I know plenty about it. Like the OC is not like the rest of Southern California, and no. so it's it is interesting to hear you have like sort of like a, a good time sort of let your hair down in, in a place that is like, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the direct comparison is exactly, but it, I guess like, I don't, I don't know me like ending up in like yeah. a very, like very hoity toity, um, like very hoity toity bar where like, you know, like people are buying like $22, $22 glasses of wine that are quite small and I would never ever ingest. Um, right, right. I guess like that's sort of like the, that's, that's the OC to me, I suppose. Yeah, like I, I'm starting to I'm starting to look at it like Dayton in Southern California, Dayton in the desert, okay. the whole county and stuff, and like um, you know a lot of it um, is a lot of it is very very right leaning. More recently, has it become more of like a lefty leaning area, but you're still feeling a lot of the um, conservative elements of life when you're when you're down there and stuff like that. There's all like laws are a little bit different in terms of how restaurants operate, how alcohol is sold. It's just, it's just, just very different from even San Diego, which is directly south of it. So you have a very liberal party, happy San Diego and stuff like that. And then you have LA on top. And then there's this kind of just like Dayton right there in the middle. And I picked Dayton specifically for two reasons. And that is number one, what Anaheim looks like. And number two, what Irvine looks like downtown <laughs> Anaheim is seriously like three office buildings. 
Like I, we, we saw it off in the horizon and stuff. And I'm like, but there's no fucking way. There's just no way. And like, yeah, no, that's what it looks like and stuff. There's 300,000 people that live in this area. But for some reason, the downtown section looks like the crown center and independence. And that's it. Um, the other thing with Irvine, like Irvine is where like the Taco Bell headquarters and all that stuff are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like a big college down there and everything. Irvine seriously looks like Anaheim. But the buildings are like a little bit taller because one of them is the Taco Bell headquarters. And like you're seriously you drive down the highway and like a lot of the view is obstructed by the Taco Bell headquarters. But like there's just like nothing to see, man. It, it really like looks like the, the, the Dayton skyline is even more impressive and never thought I'd ever say that in my life. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, Dayton yeah. has the OC beat. <laughs> yeah. Like. I, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. I just, there's a lot to unpack there, which I will save for another fucking time. But yes, the orange County is Dayton in the desert. That there is for go. sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. All right. We're going to move into, I'm going to move into our spring sports discussion. You know, we usually try to keep it with the seasons. I think the summer sports is the one season. I think we, I don't think we've ever done a summer. No, sports we, have, episode, we have, but like but it's, we have, it always falls like right. It, if we do it, it's like right oh. before we take like a month off. Yeah, I got you. That's right. So it'd be like right around like the time like football is like just starting to get kicked up, I think, like maybe like preseason or we're Mm -hmm. into it a little bit. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember if we've done the um, the summer sports and stuff. And in a weird way, it's like summer sports. Like I just I haven't said that phrase in a while. So, well, we're doing the spring sports now, kind of in the beginning part of the summer. And uh, I felt, you know, we'll start off with um, what I think is going to be like the, the shortest part of the discussion here with a little bit of basketball. And when it comes to the NBA, what is your uh, what do you think the most notable takeaway from this 21 2021 season is? Um, basketball is borderline unwatchable. Um, <laughs> it, it really it really is difficult to watch some games and watch some particular teams play. Um, and so, I mean, and, and this isn't like a, this is like there's this is a multifaceted answer. Um, the, okay. the, the product itself is sometimes hard to watch. I, I can't stand watching guys give up opportunities to pick and roll, go to the hoop, get rebounds, get putbacks, because we all have to take threes. Everyone's got to take threes. We take fucking 45 a game. Some teams take 50 a game. Um, it's it's astounding, and it's bad, and like not everyone should be shooting threes. Um, that, that's part of it. But also, if you are a fan of a team like the Cavaliers, what is the point in watching? The, <laughs> I, truly, what is the point in watching? I, I Towards the end of the season... When they were in their uh, when they're doing their their usual tailspin, um, I, I just I just stopped watching. I'm like, there's nothing that tells me in the last like you know 20 games here that they're gonna they're gonna get better. Like they've the Garland, Sexton, um, Jared Allen, and some of the new pickups, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, and I'm missing someone, Dean Wade. I guess he wasn't a new pickup, but a more a newer player to the team. Um, like they've reached their peak. And mm-hmm. so, like, there is no more growth happening this year. So, what's the point in watching? Just to watch us, you know, keep it close for keep it close for about twenty minutes, and then for the last twenty eight minutes, get outscored like seventy to thirty. Like, what's what is the point? Um, so, there's that, and then it, it's Chema. This is like uh, uh, this is something I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up here in a little bit, but because ESPN slash Disney slash ABC has rights to the NBA. We are fucking inundated with NBA coverage on SportsCenter, 
on ESPN on the weekends, on ABC on the weekends. We had that stupid fucking Marvel crossover. I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, did you? I no, I don't think I did. There, it was like no, a, I, no, it, no, it, it was sort of like they're jacking off like Nickelodeon's like NFL playoff coverage. Okay. And so like, but it was stupid as fuck. Like Iron Man is just like sitting on the backboard during free throws. And like, oh, God. and, um, you know, and Van Gundy's got to like make a comment about, about the superheroes and like, it just, it's, it was stupid as fuck. Read some articles about it. You'll hate it as much as I do. But like, that's like, all of this is just making it so fucking unwatchable. But like, we're getting so much coverage shoved down our throats. I, I follow Sports Center on Snapchat and it's about anywhere, like a Sports Center Snapchat episode is anywhere from like five to seven minutes long. And we'll literally mm-hmm. have two and a half minutes taken up. By coverage of Zion and Lamelo, and like they'll lose those games by a lot, but we'll still spend two and a half minutes on Zion scoring sixteen points on like eight of twenty shooting or eight of twenty five shooting. And wow. I'm like, I'm like, okay. or you or you guys could spend time talking about this incredible. Hey, the Yankees turned a triple play the other day um, to, to to quell a rally in the ninth inning. That's worth one minute, right? Thirty seconds? No, we got to watch <laughs> fucking Lamelo. Throw a meaningless pass in a meaningless game down court. Gotcha, dude. Okay, like I am number. I'm still doing like the um, the streaming, the cord cutting thing. So my NBA watching is like I got to really work for it and stuff. And I've mm-hmm. been, I have been like I guess out of some of the the sports centery type, um, at least like on ESPN, the TV and stuff like that. But I do have all of the social media stuff going on with um with like your usual ESPNs and all that kind of stuff. And dude, there is a lot of fucking NBA coverage, man. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, because they own the rights like, to it all. Yeah, dude. Like I believe sports center is either NBA stuff or like weird random videos of like somebody catching something looking cool. Somebody maybe trying to do something athletic and then it just falls apart in their face or something. But like there is a lot of, lot of NBA coverage, um, coming from the like from that side of the mm-hmm. uh of the media and stuff like a little and more so than than in previous years it seems like to me and everything and um that is like that is just really weird and like you're right there's this big um big like just obsession about like these just individual players and stuff and especially like people like like uh like lamello ball and zion i know these are people are which they're good like i don't good i get it like i totally get it but like we're literally dedicating highlights to watching Zion's team lose. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's like uh, you're devoting all you're devoting like actual air coverage to watch this superstar lose and stuff. And I, I'm assuming that they're doing like a um, oh we're gonna follow Zion Williams like kind of hype it up almost like he almost gets like his own little bit of time before they even oh, show yes. the highlights. Oh, and um. And it's just like, so what the hell is the point of that? Like, if you cover somebody who wins, at least, like, if maybe, like, the other team had somebody who had a, a standout game or something covered from that perspective instead of, like, here's Zion, the superstar, losing this game. And which is weird because, like, Zion, for getting what he gets coverage-wise, I just, like, I would think that there's, like, a little bit of, like, a, we should be getting more, you know what I'm saying, like, out of a player, and like, at least out of the Pelicans in general and stuff. I don't even think they made the playoffs this year. They did not, no. no yeah, so it's, like, and I mean, it, I don't know, maybe him being on New Orleans might be one of the things that's, like, ultimately holding back from being, like, a really great star, or maybe it's just the dude's a 
fucking little bit too heavy to be in the NBA. I have no idea what it is, but he's um he's getting a lot of attention for somebody who's like not on the same level as like Damian Lillard or whatever. And like right. I hear more about Zion than I do Damian Lillard easily. Like I, there's one commercial where Damian Lillard's working out that gets beamed into my Instagram feed, but I'm getting like Zion clothes highlights. Every, it's high school shit. He's still, there's still this video of um this little white kid trying to guard Zion from high school <laughs> and stuff. Like and Zion points to him. He's like, what the hell? I think I have seen that video about four times in the last month. And still one Damian Lillard like advertisements, you know, coming into my feed. Right, exactly. It's just a very it's I mean, like the NBA knows, like that's its prerogative to push its individual stars more so. I mean we because like you and I both are guaranteed we both know LeBron fans that mm-hmm. were fans of the Cavaliers, that were fans of the Heat. Now they're fans of the Lakers. And that's totally fine. Like I don't really care. But like that's like how the NBA is. And that's just like another thing that adds to the sort of the unwatchability of it is that like it really, if you again, if you don't if you don't have one of those players, good luck seeing any highlights of your team anywhere other than like your local channels. Good luck. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Cavs stuff never gets never makes it to like Sports Center and stuff. And and so like I'll just kind of follow along with some of the multi tiered answer that you gave there. Like there is no fucking point to like man. I'm telling you, the Cavs season might as well be like a month long. You know, yeah, yeah. and like it, it, and like I think somewhere in like um, a month or two into the season, like I think as fans, you could at least get a eye test as to whether or not a team is going to make the playoffs. And then like, I, I don't know, it's, there's literally no point in doing it. There's no point in watching. And like I will get into the, the, the play in tournament here in, in a little bit. But like the it's like we couldn't even make that, you know, and there were there was no shot for us to make that either. And anything any shot we had dwindled out in like you know in no time you're right yeah weeks before weeks before the play the first play of the game like we were there was like there's no chance then yeah and like you're right they were doing their usual like when they don't have lebron like last quarter of the season tailspin collapse like whatever the hell you want to call it and like there's other teams in the league that you know may they may not be going through the exact same things the cats have but they're they're going through losing records and those fan bases too what what the hell is the point and like just the difference between the quality of basketball that's played in the in the playoffs between versus what's in the regular season, and I'll, I'll comment on what you said about the league here in a second. It's just two completely different things. Like you're watching like a seriously inferior product for eighty something games, eighty two games out of the season, and you're you're basically only in it to the NBA for the playoffs. And if your team's not in the playoffs, it's just a, it's a fucking waste, dude. Like can you imagine like the people that like spend like these 10 or 15 game ticket packages and stuff now, oh, like the non LeBron years. Oh my God, dude. Like that, I'd, I'd, I'd be mad. dude. Like there, we, there's even like when, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that like, even when like the team was awesome going to like two or three Cavs games a season, like, Dude, that's kind of a lot. Can you imagine going to ten or fifteen when they're like what they are now? I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. My years ago when I was in high school, like middle school and high school, my dad was part of a group um, through his school that had um, <clears throat> that like some of the teachers had a block of tickets that they all paid for. So we'd go to like um, you know three to five games a year, and this was not exactly the lean years, but like they were just average. They're very much a five hundred team, and yeah. but like. But, like, that was your chance to see Allen Iverson. That was your chance mm-hmm. to see Kobe. That was your chance to see, you know, even a, a slightly older Michael. Like, right. there was still, like, a chance to see someone. 
And now, like, is mm-hmm. it really... I mean, like, obviously we have superstars, and I, I would still... I haven't seen LeBron play up close since he was last in Cleveland, so... I mean, I would, you know, I would enjoy seeing LeBron, like, come back to town or whatever, you know, then, you know next year when the when the, when the arena will be more, you know, be full capacity. But, like, at the same time, it's not, it's not like, that big of a deal. It, like, it's not mm-hmm. like I, I have to, because I'm going to be inundated with coverage of LeBron from all angles on anyway. Whereas, when I was, like, 13, if I wanted to see Kobe, it was on SportsCenter at night, or he had to be in Cleveland. That was it. Right. That's right, dude. Yeah. And so speaking of some of the, when you saw Michael Jordan, did you see Bulls or Wizards? Michael Wizards. Jordan? I got to see him sink the shot where like uh, LeBron was in attendance courtside when he was still in high school. Okay. Um, yeah. So Butch Davis was there. Um, was who, was Mike Tyson there? No, 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 no. Um, Butch okay. Davis was there. And then someone else, like another, like, like a big time, a big time, like a former college player was there like NBA player, but like was a big time college player was there. And we got to see yeah. Michael Jordan replay, basically relive the shot uh, all over again from almost the exact same spot on the floor. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Man. That is uh <laughs> yeah. Stinging twice. Yeah. Um, the reason, the reason that I asked about um, Mike Tyson's cause I, I was fortunate enough to see Jordan in a, the wizards uniform too. I saw him in the, the bulls uniform um, as well too, mm-hmm. at the old Coliseum and everything. And I, I went to see him on the wizards. It was like maybe that first time, that first year when he was on the wizards and um the game that I was at, Mike Tyson was there because Mike Tyson bought a condo in Beachwood of all fucking things. So like he just happened to be in town and was at the game. And like, you got to see Mike fucking Tyson on the jumbotron. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was, I can't remember if that would have been his, if I went during his last season. Yeah, it was definitely during his last season. So like that, that, I think that was literally the last time he played in Cleveland. Okay. Okay. I would have. Okay. So then I probably would have seen it. This would have had to have been like the first season. Yeah. First season in as a wizard. Okay. Yeah. Just had asked, thought maybe we were at the same game there, but I love when celebrities and shit like that are at sporting events mm-hmm. that you're at. I'm still, I'm still a sucker for it. <laughs> so, okay. And like what I was going to answer, my answer to this question, um, piggybacks off of what you said when it comes to like, just this being a whole different sport in general. And like, you know, throughout the last, like, um, you know, God only knows how long, uh, I know that the discussion has been definitely more apparent in the last, like, five to ten years, where everybody kind of harps back on, like, the NBA of the 80s and stuff, you know, like, oh, there's, all, like, these wars in the paint and everything, and, like, just this, you know, people getting in fights and, like, just, like, a whole different fucking league, you know? This league is unrecognizable compared to like any form of the NBA that I was exposed to growing up and this three pointer thing and stuff like it's just gotten out of hand. Like it's like everybody's trying to be like Steph Curry now and stuff like that. You know, like everybody shooting threes, multiple threes a games like that. When Harden was on the Rockets, like a couple of years, that was their whole teams. Like that was just their thing. Just everybody just go out, shoot threes. We're going to land 40 threes in a game or whatever. They had, they, did. That was- they had that. There was that um, a couple of years ago when, Chris was when it was Chris Paul and and um, and Harden and they had the mm-hmm. they had the Warriors down like three two, closing mm-hmm. out the game and then Chris Paul got injured. They for some reason instead of well not for some reason I know why instead of slowing the game down and trying to you know milk possessions not even just like a little bit just take yeah. five to ten seconds longer to slow down the Warriors they just stuck with let's just shoot threes as soon as we get the ball. And they went in a streak where they missed like thirteen in a row, thirteen right. empty trips. 
you didn't score any points, and guess what? The war the Warriors came back and decided to fill up the fucking bucket during those thirteen trips. Yep. And they came back and yep. beat you, and then game seven, you didn't have Chris Paul, you lost. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Um, I remember this exactly. And like, I was somewhere watching this madness unfold. I can't remember exactly where I was, but I, I remember like being around for this game and stuff like that. And this is just a shitty ass way to play basketball, dude. Like that is like you're right. Thirteen trips down the floor. Like that's got to be five minutes plus where your team does not score in one of the easiest fucking sports to score in. Yep. It's a freaking hoop in the middle of a court, and you have big big ass fucking people that could just like easily just like bunny hop up and dunk it or put on a lay in, put a, put in, put up a layup and uh, n- none of that crap. And like, dude, it is just like, it's gone to the point now where like the three point shot, like, unless it's made at like a crucial point in time and the, it just like does nothing for me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like unless it's to get the lead, tie the game, whatever, like, it's just, it's just so bad. And there's a lot of people that aren't taking threes. There is no, there's like no freaking battle of the big guys. There's no like strategy left in the game anymore. Like when Steph Curry and LeBron and even like, even Trey young um, last night, just takes two or three steps over half court, just drains a freaking three. Like, yeah, I mean, it's cool if they drain it, I guess, but if that's a miss, like, you know, once again, that's just, more fucking threes that are, you know, unnecessarily being taken and stuff. And, uh, I just, I don't know, man. Like I remember it almost like, I remember like, you know, seven footers and stuff going head to head. Like we have a couple seven footers and like, yeah, there's like a discussion in the NBA about like the relevance of the big man. But like, if anything, the warriors, um, you know, four or five years ago showed you that like small ball could actually work. And, but when everybody else tries to do it and you don't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, like it just, it makes for like, a, it just makes for a lot of, yeah. And Kevin Durant too. Yeah. It just makes for a, like a really shitty, uh, it's a, it's a shitty product. It's a shitty fan experience. I mean, like at a, at a point in time, even somewhere like fans have to be wondering like, why the hell are they shooting all these threes and not just trying to go for a two to score at least. So it's, um, Unfortunately, like the NBA that you and I knew from our childhood, um, it's long gone and I just don't really see it going anywhere. Like I like there's nothing that is showing me anything that like all of a sudden, you know, the paint, the points in the paint and battles in the paint are going to be relevant again. And people are just trying to make crazier shots now from either even farther distances and it's not going to be long until somebody's perfected the perfect sidearm jump shot and all this shit and then we have the sidearm era and all this stuff so it's um it's it's, it's analytics just a little disappointing. analytics have driven so many teams to and look i get it like you want to get any competitive advantage you can because not every team has a skilled guy who's seven foot two like it just they're they are rare but like <laughs> i mean you should then inherently, if you do have, like, like the Jazz, I'm not saying that Rudy Gobert is, like, super skilled, but, like, he's a very good big man. Um, he's, you know, probably, not probably, he's the best defensive big man in the NBA. And, he, you know, he does enough offensively um, to make himself relevant, um, you know, to make himself, like, a, you know, an all-NBA type player. That that's, like, an inherent advantage, because who's covering him? Who's guarding him? Like, I, I mean, you know, no one. I... Right. I like, if you had someone who was as skilled as Shaq now, Shaq would score 60 points every night because there is no one on any team that could stop him. You, you're going you're gonna to oh, try yeah. to convince me that Draymond Green is going to cover Shaq for 40 minutes? 
Absolutely not. Not a fucking chance. No, not a chance, dude. And like, you know, I've seen a lot of Shaquille O'Neal, like whether it be highlights or him doing stuff at concerts, he's in the, the pit and all these stupid videos. That dude is a goddamn house. Like, no way in hell anybody would be able to cover him now. You know, could, there's just there's just not there's not even a body. There's not even a comparable body. NBA Hall of Famers couldn't cover him then. Right. That's like right. he chewed up he chewed up David Robinson and Akeem Olajuwon in their prime. You know, just yeah, like that's right. for perspective. You know what I mean? Like so. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Isaiah Hartenstein on the Cavs is going to stand much of a chance. No, no, no. Zion might weigh 260 pounds, but like Shaq's got Shaq's got 60 pounds on him, dude. He's just going to floor, run mm-hmm. him right over with his size 24 shoes. <laughs> so yeah, man, I'm like, I agree with everything that you just said. I, my answer was reinforcing your, um, your part about the game and everything. Um, I could not agree with you more on that. We need more NBA like when, uh, when we were kids, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And the one unique element of this season was the play-in tournament, which we got to see um, a couple weeks ago. And I just want to get your just some of your thoughts on um, on the inaugural play-in tournament. I mean, I like the idea, and I want more. I want more of this, but like nothing interesting happened. Like, and it, and it because of because of how big the gap is between you know the bottom four teams and the top four teams in each conference. It doesn't really matter if, like, instead of the eight seed, the ten seed wins, because both of them are going to get swept mm-hmm. out of the playoffs. Right, <laughs> right. No, you make a really, really good point there. Um, I'm happy that I like one thing that I am happy about, and even though you know they they fucking lost already, is that a nine made it into the the mm-hmm. playoffs and stuff like that. It wasn't just the teams that were going to make it anyway, you know. Right. And so. Like, yeah, that, like, I guess that's cool, but they didn't do anything. Like, Ja didn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he had a great, he had great games, but the, the did not, Memphis did not win. The guy, Ja dropped 47 points in a game for crying out loud, but Memphis did not win, you know? And, like, he, okay, so we also had the, the Steph-LeBron matchup or whatever, which is just felt like a glorified regular season game to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, so there's there's now a storyline to be added to this game. And now it looks like, fuck, the Lakers and the Clippers could easily be eliminated here by, uh, by the end of the weekend. So, yeah, we got a little bit of variance, but I just, I know that at some point in time, there will be a streak where it's just the top eight teams. It's just the top eight teams on the, and the, the, on the other conference as well. Right. And so, so like, you know, we were talking like with the whole, like, well, what's the point? What's the fucking point then? <laughs> you know? And what they, I, I, I Chama, guess, what, here's, here's where they're miscalculating it. Who gives a shit if the nine gets in over the eight? It, like what's realistically the difference? Nothing. But if you had right. all of the teams do like a, like a couple weekend or like a one weekend long, sort of uh, March Madness style tournament for playoff seeding and maybe mm-hmm. the the nine seed rides a good wave and they end up in a four seed. Um, maybe the, the presumed one seed ends up as the eight and they have to go on the road. They don't get home. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't get home code advantage for any part of the playoffs. That might actually right. do something. That might change how things work. See, like, see, I like where you're going with that because like, I can't, I couldn't think of like what would be of, like a, another way to like a way to kick this up a notch. You know what I'm saying? And um, you're that right there. Like what you just pitched about, like this kind of, you know, tournament style for seating or some kind of thing for seating might shake everything up a little bit. 
but like I, I'm thinking about you know like yeah you know so we got something we got something different this year and you know for the West Coast and everything like that having that Lakers Warriors playoff game you know if, you, if you're a fan you know that that's that's great it's a cool little storyline to revisit with LeBron and stuff but in the future we're not going to get that you know like we're we're not going to get a, a storyline we're not going to get uh, you know a nine seed or a ten seed every single time so like I, I'm just concerned about like the future of this, of this design and something like you just suggested. I think that that's, I think that's really great. I think that that's fair. Like, I I don't want them to all of a sudden just like open up the playoffs to everybody because then there's literally no point of the regular season. Mm -hmm. So I think that in, in time and especially with the way that um, the NBA is going in terms of the product on the, on the court and stuff, there could be there's could be some like you know potential for some conflict and for some problems to arise um with the above the way they do things even more so than there are now yeah yeah i think like the reason why the tournament stuff works in the ncaa is because for the most part you can because because these players are so young and even the most talented ones still like aren't fully developed in you know like in terms of being like a complete basketball player, they're years away from being fully developed. Um, mm-hmm. That you can you can outstyle someone. That like a, a school like Florida Gulf Coast can kind of burst on the scene for a few games because they yeah. play a style that is so hard to handle. Um, right. Or or Butler can can basically just use their ball control style and obviously having Gordon Hayward doesn't hurt, but Butler's like there year in and year out because they play a style of basketball that's very team oriented. Same with Gonzaga. That's team oriented and like maximizes all the pieces. Whereas, you know, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, not that they don't have a system, but like they're also relying on the fact that they have, you know, three players that were like top 100 players um, on each on this team. So like you can, a a certain play style can just over, not overwhelm, but can kind of balance the table in terms of talent. In the NBA, it's talent. That's it. If you Mm -hmm. have more talent, it doesn't fucking matter what play style you're doing. What defense you're running, you know, how you're running the offense, it doesn't matter if you just don't have as much talent as the other team. Yeah, no, that's a really great point, dude. Like, the talent element runs the NBA. Excellent, excellent point with the systems in college and stuff like that, dude. And, like, I remember, uh, God, I remember when I was younger and stuff like that. And, like, I remember seeing, like, Duke run a press for the first time ever. And like, it was like, wow, like a press, like I just hadn't seen a press in basketball. Like when I was a kid, like, you know, like the way that they ran it and there's all these like weird old school offenses and like, you know, plays that can be ran and stuff like that, that schools have just like run forever and stuff, you know, and these systems can like trick people that may not necessarily be used to playing against a certain system and stuff. It gives them the advantage, but you're right, dude, this whole, like, there's no like it's it's just sucks because it feels like that there's no chance for like the um the cinderella team in the nba playoffs like there's no way in hell that an eight seed is ever going to get to the finals it just it seems like it's not even designed for that no no for sure it's it's not it's it's sort of it's sort of like um sort of in the same way that the i mean like the idea behind the college football playoff is to open it up to more teams no, it's not. It's to give Ohio State, Alabama, and then you know pick your other wild card teams like a free shoe in to to play each other. And it's <laughs> right. the NBA playoffs is basically all right. Well, we'll invite sixteen teams. We really just need eight for this, mm-hmm. but we want to make more money, so let's invite more teams. 
<laughs> right, right. That's a good way to put it, dude. And speaking about these playoffs, um, who do you have going to the finals? I have the Nets and someone from the West. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, matter. I, I mean, I don't Nets. think. It, honestly, don't yeah. think it matters. I don't think. Like the, I think the Jazz could get there um, and mm-hmm. be a nice opponent, but they are not going to beat the Nets. Yeah, I um I had the Jazz as well. Like I just basically picked a West Coast team for discussion's sake and everything. Yeah, but um yeah, they're they're it's it's not they're not beating the Nets and I um I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit disappointed. But I just don't want to see Kyrie get another championship and like I, if the Durant thing like ever since the Warriors and stuff, it's like I, I it seems like it's not like his legacy is like tainted, but it's it's just kind of like tainted a little bit, you know. Like I just don't view him in the same way that I view other athletes. He's great. He's probably one of the greatest scorers, if not the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA. But the Warriors thing, like it just it's puts him in like a little bit of a different category than like, uh, like LeBron and stuff like that to me. So, um, I just, it's just kind of disappointing that he just all of a sudden gets to go to Brooklyn and then all of a sudden there's, there's a champion again, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's, yeah. um, like, it, you know, it's again, like if you're a fan of the nets, you probably had a pretty fun time, like trying to watch all this put together. But like, if you're, if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of the bucks or obviously the Celtics, like, I mean, what's really even the point? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. And, like, I got to tell you, man, I am not a fan of the Nets. Like, I, like, this is, like, one of these franchises to me. Like, I'd rather have them be New Jersey all the way. Like, I, there's just something about them being in Brooklyn. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Like, I get – I understand what it does for that area of New York, like, for Brooklyn. I get what it does. But – like I'm just so against this man. Like I, I guess I just I've been to the I've been to the Barclays Center. It looks cool from the outside. When you get inside, all the walls are black. That court, I still can't get past the way that court looks on television and awful. stuff. And I can't. I cannot believe and, the NBA hasn't said something to them. Yeah, I like, dude. It's still there. I think it's gotten more prominent over the course of time too. Like, I just there's I just can't. I, it's very difficult to look at. And I this is just like one of these sports franchises that like I guess I'm just not with it on this one. Like, I, this is no, something no. that like I want. Whenever the finals happen, like you will see me rock a Utah Jazz shirt if I have to. Um, because like I just want the other team to win, which they probably won't. But I <laughs> right. still have to still have to hope, you know. <laughs> which, by the way, the we I remember when we talked about the a uh, couple years ago. We did a sports one. We did the sports fashion one. Um, mm-hmm. The the more the the more refined interpretation of the Jazz's um, like plateau uniforms are on point now. Yeah. Oh, dude, they're on they're, point. The Jazz. Yeah, so there's been a couple of the jazz uniforms that I actually think are pretty fucking sick. Actually, like, they, yeah, um, they need to make that, yeah, that the, step the pattern, pattern like the definitely. rock strata. They need to make that like a full time, all the time uniform, and then they need to change their name from the fucking jazz because it still makes absolutely no sense. No, I completely agree with you on that, dude. Like, I still do not associate the state of Utah with jazz in any way, shape, or form. Like, they could call themselves the the Utah Mormons, the Utah John Smiths, like, whatever. But I think it's time that we drop the, the jazz. They could take the Utah Rocks, whatever. They name themselves after a geological formation. Like I know, I know. Like, I, you could – listen, there's there's already the, – you have the Colorado Rockies. That works. You could you mm-hmm. could literally be like the Utah Plateaus and no one would fucking care. 
No, and dude, I'm not gonna lie. That sounds pretty goddamn sweet out of the name, actually. Now that I like just hearing it like that, the Utah Plateaus, very different and kind of cool. It's different, that's for sure. But yeah, they they finally yeah. figured out that uniform. Um, so I, I'm always pleased to see that one. But yeah, anyway, anyway. Yeah, I yeah no definitely, dude, definitely um, big fan of that. So um, yeah, so we're basically looking at Brooklyn and anybody from the West. So yeah, good luck again, Kyrie. I don't want you to get another championship, but man, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and speaking of Kyrie's former team, so just going to dabble into the uh, the Cavaliers here for a little bit. Um, so is this a Kevin Porter trade? Is this going to come back to haunt the Cavaliers? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not He'll be all. out of the league in a couple of years. Is he, is he is he messed up? Like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, because I, I like uh, he has, he has I, various he, personality disorders. That's for sure. Okay, so there, there's like something like it could be chemically wrong with him. He's not just like some bratty, like just I don't know, wrong, stupid decision maker type guy. I mean, he's that, and then he's probably also like clinically affected by things. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So like even something like with, um, you know, I know he came out and dropped like 50 points in like a Rockets game or whatever. This is just basically like him doing everything he can until he's, until he's ultimately out of the league. Yeah. Like, I him, mean, him being out of the league is the end of the road. At, I mean, no like what. I was at a game where Bob Sura scored like 38 and a half. I mean, like who, like it had like every NBA player, Tony Delk scored yeah. 70 points in a game. Um, like who cares? Kevin Porter, like, I remember that was like the that was like the big trending thing, like, oh, Cavs got hosed on this one, and I'm like, okay, um, the Rockets won 17 games this year, so like, oh, who yeah, the fuck cares? The Cavs won more games than the Rockets. Um, who cares if on a team that no one's paying attention to, that no one cares about, if the player that they picked up that a team was tr- was dying to give away um, scores 50 points? I'm sure the other team didn't care. No, I got you, dude. Like, for me, I just. I hate that this guy is what he is because originally, like when we talked about him a couple of years back, I was on this motherfucking guy's hype train. Yep, like I was, so was I. I thought he was a diamond, diamond in the rough in the draft and everything like that. I, I was a little like, okay, they, why did they trade up to get him? And then I read more about him, and a lot of people had some really high praise and stuff like that to say about him. And and it just ends up being a fucking psycho or whatever. Like I just, I, I hate that bullshit, dude. Like, and it's like, I guess I'm still like feeling the Josh Gordon thing maybe like where it's just like we have this great athlete and it just turns out to be like a jackass idiot or whatever. And um, I was ultimately just kind of hurt that Kevin Porter Jr. turned out to be the way that he is because I was really excited to uh, see him grow and develop with uh, the team and stuff. I mean, if he, if he wasn't who he was, he would have been a top five pick. Probably, yep. Yeah, I probably, yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, he would have been. Like, that, that's the only reason why they got him where they got him is because everyone was worried about his character, and that's why he went to USC for I that matter. You. Because no one yeah. else was going, no one else was going to take him. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, believe me. Character and uh, getting into USC is not necessarily uh, those. Those planes aren't necessarily, uh, you know, the, the same. Whatever. I was trying to make a joke there, but I totally uh, missed that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so okay, so. Sticking with the Kevins here, is Kevin Love going to be on the team next year? Uh, probably, unfortunately, because uh, I don't know who's going to give up anything to take him. Yeah, that contract of his is pretty fucking big too, if I'm not mistaken. We have, st- have to pay him a bunch of money. What and a then, like, stupid fucking move that was. Um, thirty thirty million dollars plus, I think, for a guy who can't. I mean, even if you even if he like when he's on the court, he's not like he's a bad player um, at all. But like, you're still paying way too much money for like what you can get out of like. 
most first round draft pick forwards. I mean, not most, mm-hmm. but like some skilled ones for sure um, that are costing you less money. But then also, let's throw out of this that Kevin Love might play in 20 games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you bet. Like, he didn't do a full season. I don't think he's done a full season. It's been like five, four or five years right? since he last had a. Like, I think since the Cavs won was the last time he won the title, was the last time he played more than like in like 60 games. Yeah, that's right. Because even the, the Kelly Olinick year, he was hurt, but he was hurt in the finals and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, dude, the guy is like really cannot stay on the court and then he's got this big contract. It's like we're just going to kind of be stuck with him until until they're really ready to, to part ways with them and stuff like that. And the, the reason that I ask is cause like, um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, maybe going into last month, there was this like video of him on the court. And then he did, did this interview like a couple days later. Um, the 92.3 was talking about it like for a while and it was just, um, Kevin Love didn't really come out looking so good, um, at the end of these. And like, I got to ask you, like, I saw the video, like what is going on with this video? Like, so he, like, I saw like he tries, he bounces the ball in a weird way and they, uh, Toronto gets the ball and makes a three pointer. Where's like the big freak out. I, I, I might've missed this. It might not have been in the highlight that I saw, but does he actually get into like a big kind of kerfuffle on the court? Well, he's yelling at the referee. That's why he just tossed the ball in. Oh, so he was yelling at the re- okay, okay, I gotcha. All right. So like the um the clip I saw was just like from a one angle thing. I didn't really quite grasp what was, he was going he on. He's not there yelling, but he was pissed at the ref. He's looking at him. The ref throws in the ball and he just slaps it out of just slaps it in, into play. That's what happened. Okay. Okay, that's what happened. Okay, I gotcha. All right. I was trying to figure out the specifics of what was going on there. I was like, there's something I was missing. And, like, I, I heard his interview that he did with the press afterwards, which was just, like, I think he must have said the phrase ride or die about seven times. And I think once you've hit the third ride or die, uh, it just becomes completely unbelievable to me. And oh, he, he, like, he, checked out on this, he checked out on this team a couple of years ago. And, it's and he knows be, it. Like, and that's fine. Like it's fine if we weren't paying thirty million dollars a year. To at, since you're never on the court, then the least you can do is be like a team leader, and you're not even that. Yeah, no shit, dude. Like, cause that's what I thought he was going to try to evolve into once like LeBron and Kyrie left. We have this veteran here. This is somebody that could work with the younger guys. And you're right. It's like he has been checked out ever since the the championship. Like it's just like okay, I, I got my title. Kevin Love is now an NBA champion. Uh, just let me get paid. You know, and that's where we've been ever since. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, he'll be with the team next year. I don't know if he'll finish the season with the team, but like, I, like there isn't, there is no chance that like we can swing anything. Like, shit, I would love to have uh, like a an Isaiah Thomas like trade, like we got for Kyrie. Like that would like if we could get that for Kevin Love, that would be amazing. But and that's yeah. and that's not saying much. Um, right, <laughs> but. But like, who would who would even their right mind even bother with Kevin Love right now? Um, now, if he comes out next year and he knows that like, if I could maybe I can play my way off this team, great. That helps us. That helps them. That help helps him. Helps another team. Fine. But I just like he's had every chance in the world to minimally step up and be like at least like a vocal leader, a, a teacher when he's not you know when he's out of the court, and he can't even do that. So I can't imagine that he'd want to like step up and like play for this team next year. Yeah. It's like, it's just seems like this is something that we're just going to have to deal with until they get him out of the team some way. Like, I don't know how they're, I don't even know what the hell they're going to possibly do with this guy. So 
I would like to thank him for helping us win a uh, championship, but uh, in the world of what have you done for me lately, it sure has not been a lot. Mm. That that is for sure with Kevin Love, and it, and it's kind of disappointing because like I, you know, once like LeBron and Kyrie left, like I really thought that this guy would be a guy who could kind of maybe carry some of the momentum from the championship, like help develop right. the younger players and everything. But it just it turned out to be a big. Just like a, just a big letdown, like mm-hmm. most of the Cavs seasons have been since the championship. <laughs> so, so um, okay, um, let me see here. So you're, let's just say for example that you and I, we both work in the season ticket department of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we're trying to make a pitch to you know season ticket holders to renew their subscriptions. What is like anything you would possibly say to get these people to be excited about next year? Uh, we're cheaper than the Browns. Yeah, that's right. That's about. I mean, like realistically. Okay, realistically. Um, besides, we're cheaper than the Browns. Realistically, um, there. So there are some things that you could realistically look forward to. Like Sexton and Garland prove that they are a tandem that can work together. Um, second half of the year, Isaac Isaac Okoro got much more consistent and played much better mm-hmm. second half of the year. Um, Jared Allen looks like he's a nice piece. We, like I said, we picked up this guy, Isaiah Hartenstein, who actually looks like he could be like a contributing player. Uh, same with Dean Wade. Um, like There are pieces here. And so, like, we're going to have a high pick in the draft. So maybe if, you know, if it's Cade Cunningham or, you know, you know uh, Jalen uh, Jalen Suggs, you know, whomever we think, like, the you know, that, that top pick's going to be, maybe if it's one of those guys, then, like, that's the piece that kind of, you know, even though we'll still be developing them, like, that's the sort of piece that's going to put us into the realm of, uh, of playoff contenders. And that's yeah. literally the only thing I can think of. Yeah, dude, like what do you just describe? It almost sounds like, it sounds like a speech that they would be giving every year to ticket yes, holders the exactly. last couple of years. Like, and I, re- I remember there was a question like in one of our other outlines that we did about like, and I'm paraphrasing this, but it's just like, you know, are the Cavs really like one piece away? How many pieces away are they? And it, it just feels like we've been, pieces away or we've had pieces for like the longest time now, but like nothing seemed to be able to bring these pieces to come together. And like, if, if like basically where I'm at right now, like you're right, Coro and everything like that, like it progresses the, the season got on. Um, but like, I would, I would think that like, you know, whenever they make these calls, it would be like after the draft. So like, I, I would just be banking oh, on, sure. we're going to get a cool draft pick and this is going to be like where to go on for next year and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, after the draft lottery. So like if, if mm-hmm. we know we secure like a top two pick or top three pick, then, then it's like, okay, we know that it's going to be like, we have a good chance to get one of like the three, you know, four guys that are like sort of the the top three or four this year, like that's when the calls start. But like, even then you'll notice that like my statement had a lot of ifs, maybes, if this, if right. that, this could happen, we could see this. Whereas in years past, if LeBron's here, it's like, we're going for a championship again. Like you want to be right. there to see LeBron love Kyrie, or, you know, even after Kyrie, you want to see LeBron love J.R. Smith. You want to see these guys go after another one. Like it's not an if, it's not a maybe, it's a, we're going to be there. Right, they they had a much easier time selling season tickets mm-hmm. in the past with uh, LeBron and everything here. Man, I would ha- I would hate that job. And I remember being drunk one time at a Cavs game. Like uh, it was when LeBron was here, asking you know like I went up to the season ticket guy. You, you fill out information and they give you like a I don't know, like a foam finger or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And um, 
these people like, you know, called like the next day when I had sobered up and I was just like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like number one, I hope I didn't commit to anything. And number two, like I would hate to be these people having to call drunk asses like me on Saturday. Who wanted to to try to <laughs> sell them tickets to the Cavs game. Yeah. I think, I, I think it was, it was, a, it was some dumb like that. I think it might've been a bone figure, but, uh, but yeah, I was just in it for the souvenir and stuff. And they, they continued to call. I continued to get emails from them and I just, I'm like, man, that just me must be a really shitty job to have right now, dude. I would not want to have that. Oh, for sure, I know. That's when you, that's when you fake your own death to get out of that. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if there have been some Cavaliers office people that have tried that for sure. Probably. <laughs> All right, man. So yeah, so that wraps up our little um, basketball section. So now we're going to move along into the MLB and baseball, and. Um, I want to jump, uh, go lead right off into this. And I just want to ask you, like, you know, we're about a, whatever we had, probably like a quarter, maybe like a third of the way through the season right now. About a quarter. And uh, what do you think, about a quarter? Yeah. What, what do you think is the most uh, interesting storyline that we have so far? It's Shohei Otani and it's not even close. Like, there's no one else even close yeah, to that's, that. That's, that's my answer. This is my excuse to talk about this fucking guy. I mean, like, there's, a... there are other things that are happening there that are interesting, but, like, this is the most interesting thing we've seen in 100 years. Yeah, this is insane what this guy is doing, dude. Pitch, he's a home run leader. He's got more home runs than Trout right now and stuff like that. He's a pitcher. Well, Trout hasn't played, played like, like four weeks also, three weeks also. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, like every, I just hear Trout and I just immediately think that, you know, home run leader, all this stuff. But yeah, like, Trout, Trout's he, um, out until August. Oh, wow. Okay, gotcha. Well, like, luckily enough that there is somebody else down there in Anaheim to, um, to, play on this team so they don't get into the playoffs. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I think that this guy, Otani is just, he's killing it, dude. Like this has been something that um, like, you're right. We haven't seen like ever, like so when the game was like first around and stuff like that. And just the, the way he's playing these multiple positions and doing pretty bass and badass at each one of these positions too. Um, if we, if Jess and I do go to this Dodgers angels game, like I, I hope to God that, um, that I, you know, that he's healthy. I really want to like see this particular player. It's like, so I I remember a few years ago back when uh, Madison Bumgarner was like more in his prime with the, with the giants that it was always kind of fun to watch him come up and slug it as a hitter. He was one of the pitchers that could like, like legitimately hit. And you know, everyone was like, like, Oh man, here comes Matt. Here comes mad bum. Like he's going to hit, you know, you could hit a home run on this at bat. And like, the dude would hit like 180 with four home runs in a season. And we thought that that was like fucking incredible. Shohei Otani has a legitimate shot to hit 40 home runs as a pitcher and also like win 10 or 12 games. Right. I know he's got, he's got 15 now. Like that's what I pulled last night is 15 home runs. Now he could easily hit 40 home runs and 40 home runs is like fucking good year for anybody to have and stuff. And like just the fact that it's coming from a like from a pitcher and stuff like that, let alone on the on the freaking angels, like this is just such a it's just such an interesting story. Like there we just don't really see like athletes like this in baseball anymore. If, like I can't even tell you when ever. the last time anybody ever 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 like I mean like, like we, yeah. we could you know we could make the Babe Ruth comparisons because it's like his only comparison, but Babe Ruth didn't throw the ball 100 miles an hour. Oh, right. That's right. And if, dude, like, didn't Babe Ruth also, like, he, he stopped pitching, like, early on or something? Like, he wasn't oh, a not, pitcher not early. the entire time. He won, time. like, 200 games before he stopped pitching. Oh, okay. Okay, I gotcha. Okay. Or, uh, well, yeah, I th- maybe 100. I mean, he pitched for a long time. Okay. Like, um, 
Okay, for some reason, I, I some reason I was under the impression that he didn't. Maybe it was a John Goodman movie that's um, throwing me off here. But um, the uh, but the the fact that fucking like Otani, you're, you're right. It's it's probably the closest comparison that we can make, but it's in all reality, it's like you know, it's a little bit of a different comparison. Right. Also, because again, Babe Ruth stopped playing like in the 30s, so or like yeah. in the early 40s. Like it, it's and even by then, again, like Babe Ruth stopped pitching. So, like, mm-hmm. even by then, it was already, like, something that was on its way out. Um, and I, I honestly, I think that's what's going to end up happening to Otani at some point. That he's just, yeah. like, why, like, he's a top 30 pitcher, but he's a top five hitter. So, right. and as that goes on, he's going to become, not, like, worse, but, like, you just don't, as you get older, you don't get better, necessarily. So, like, at yeah, some point in time, you. he's just going to become an outfielder in a DH. Guarantee it. But oh, I, yeah. I think we have five years of him hitting and pitching to enjoy. Like, this person who was clearly... Also, he has the second fastest foot speed in uh, in Major League Baseball, too. This guy was no touched by the baseball gods, almost probably literally. If he's not a human <laughs> being, it would not surprise me. <laughs> No, that's that's great. Yeah, he's he's only twenty six years old. So yeah, I mean, you, he could he could continue this on for a while. But you're right; it's like at some point in time, age or something, fatigue is going to catch up with him. But until that time happens, I I cannot wait to. I hope to God that this guy we get to see him play. Like um, we you know go to this game exactly like that. So yep. I got now since I talked about, it, I'm going to go buy tickets as soon as this episode's over. But um, the um, yeah, like. I, I think this is cool. I think it just it makes this, the game a little bit more interesting when you have guys like this. Um, I just once again, like I just don't want him on the Angels. But who, with Madden down there, who knows? Maybe he repeats what he did in Chicago. I have no idea. But um, it they just, don't have it they don't have any pitching. Like that's this is the pro- like we could talk about Trout and and Otani, and they have some other good players. Jared Walsh is a good player. Um, they, mm-hmm. they have good, they have some good players. Um, I know I'm forgetting someone else in that infield. Um, they have good players. They have, they, they have no one that they can hand the ball to and go, and Madden can go, okay, I'll see you in the seventh inning. Like no one. Yeah. There's no one like I gotcha. other, other than Otani. And you're not getting, you know, for the most part, he's a six inning pitcher and he's not pitching on a regular schedule. So, it, you right. know, like it, it just... You can't like if they had um, if the Angels had Shane Bieber, I think that would like you know that would nothing that would make him an instant playoff contender. But then you'd be talking about a team that like with a Bieber Otani one two punch, that's like a team that probably can get to the playoffs. Yeah, I got you, dude. Yeah, for sure. Like they they need like one like or a couple like you know Shane Bieber like ace type pitchers and stuff like that. Like Shane Bieber is like the fucking man, dude. He's like killing the league and with strikeouts and stuff this year. He's got like so much more than everybody else. And um, they something like that. Yeah, you're right. I could definitely help out uh, help out the Angels, and they are still the uh, number probably three baseball team here in uh, the Los Angeles area behind the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes and the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I, I was going to say um, I was going to say Cal State Fullerton is a huge uh, baseball school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, dude. Like the uh, like I didn't know Shane Bieber went to um, University of California Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara that yeah. was like a. That was like a. I was like, wow, that was really, really interesting. Like, yeah, man, baseball is um, it, it's it's becoming like huge out here. Like, I I guess like, 
I don't know, like it's a cheap comparison, like the way football is in Texas, like baseball is becoming like insanely, like just disgustingly popular out here. Like there's so many like minor league teams and all this shit. And um, it's it's something it's just a lot of baseball. Oh, the L.A. the L.A. area players like you could make you could make an all star team out of them. I mean, there's there's so many good ones. Oh yeah, dude. Like the, the Dodgers have been, um, been it, they, it's been an interesting season for them so far. You know what I'm saying? But they got they got a lot of all the fucking talent in the world too. You know, so it's um with the, just their major league talent here. There's a, there's a shit ton of it, including San Diego. I fucking totally forgot about San Diego too. So, okay. Um, next question. Gonna move on to another California. Uh, storyline here. This is just a quick one. You know, so the Oakland A's are having some issues with their stadium and stuff. It's like an old stadium and everything like that. Um, they're now kind of pursuing other other options, other cities. Do you think the A's like? Do, you, do they stay in Oakland? Do they go to another city? What do you see them happening? Oh, I mean, they're leaving Oakland. I just don't know when. Like, there's not like a there's not like a timetable. There's no like stadium. There's no. It's not like it's not like there's a proposal right now for a stadium somewhere. Um, right. So, like, there's no timetable for it, but the city of Oakland is not going to build them a new facility. Um, keeping in mind that they've lost their other two teams. I mean, granted, the Warriors just moved mm-hmm. across the across the bridge, but they're not in Oakland anymore because they weren't going to build a new like Lux Arena to match to spend the kind of money that the city of San Francisco is going to spend. Um, right. Same with the football stadium that that Vegas built for the Raiders. They're not going to build anything for the A's. So it, there's not a timetable for it, but they're going to leave. Now, they might just go to San Jose. Like, it, right. they could go down the road. Um, or they could go to Vegas. I would guess not Vegas. Um, my guess would be San Jose. But, yeah, they're going to be out of there at some point in time. Yeah, I'm seeing them leaving. Don't know exactly when. Um, there's I saw this map that's, like, designed for a stadium in Portland and, like, yeah, I would like Portland to have baseball, but I just don't really want them to have the Oakland A's. You know, I'd like, I just feel bad for the city of Oakland, dude. Like losing a football team like that. We've been there being uh, Browns fans and stuff. And now for your baseball team to follow like a couple of years later, yeah, that, that really, really sucks for the, the fan base and stuff. And if they go to San Jose, like I'm, I'm fine with that. Like that is totally cool with me. San Jose is not that far from um, the Oakland, San Francisco area. I'd be really mad if they went to Sacramento, the most like depressing sports market in the history of sports. But like the, um, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's such a historic team. It's like, it's Oakland, like this, just this kind of West coast baseball tradition and stuff. I, I hope that it stays in California because like, they're just like, dude, I'm telling you, there's no reason for the city of Oakland to build them to build anybody, anything. You could just make, sell that land for billions of dollars and, have them turn it into condos, whatever, man. I'm sure like that property, there's probably developers like just foaming at the mouth waiting for that property to become available. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, regardless, it's just, it's some, nothing's going to happen with that. Like there's, there's never going to be movement on it. So like they should just, the A's have moved two times already in their history. So you know what, what's the third time? And it's, and if they do move down to San Jose, like at least they're sort of regionally close, but, mm-hmm. but in figuratively speaking, Oakland is very far away from San Jose. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like two hours or so. No, no, no. Figuratively, like it's very oh, far figuratively. away from. from oh, okay, San Jose. okay, okay. I got you. It, I got it's you. just okay, it's, you're not you. people. The people from Oakland aren't going to go down there for games. Oh, so no, they would lose. Dude. They would lose a very interesting home field advantage that they've, that they've enjoyed there for a while. 
yet, believe me, like um, from what I've heard about San Jose, like there's only going to be San Jose residents that are going to be able to afford to do anything yeah. as far as like anything that goes there and stuff. And um, like I even keep forgetting that San Jose is as big as it is. dude. It's like it's a fucking bigger city than I had originally thought. So a lot of rich people. there. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. We've seen like we've seen some of the property like in Monterey, which is like even still like an hour and a half from mm-hmm. San Jose and stuff. And. Oh fucking shit! Yeah, dude, there's a lot of goddamn money up uh, up in that Bay Area, which is yeah, why you would sure. want to, which is why you'd want to move a baseball team there. I mean, it, <laughs> right. yeah, it, it's you know, it's the same. Like, I remember watching, um, I watched a Raiders game on Monday Night Football, and they're talking about it was before like any anyone was like allowed uh, back in the stands, like when it, it was when that stadium first opened, and they're talking about how like uh, the, the announcers were like, oh, I can't wait to have fans back here in the black hole. I'm like. Nope, the black hole is in Oakland, and it is not following. It's not following the Raiders to Vegas because it's not the same people that are going to be in the black hole. Oakland Raiders no, fans they, aren't traveling to Vegas for games. Sorry. No, I, I'd be, I'd be fucking surprised if there was a if there were a lot of like follow, Oakland followers that routinely went to the Vegas games, and which is crazy because I don't even really see a lot of Vegas people going to this. I'm just like I'm. I think football should be in Vegas, but I just didn't want them to have the, the Raiders. Like every human hunting should be in Vegas and stuff like that. And like I just did not want them to get to the Oakland Raiders. I, that just still should have been the Chargers. Still just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, should have been sure. the Chargers. Like and if, I just, if we really wanted to chart this out, the Chargers should have gone to Vegas, and the Raiders, if they're going to move anywhere, they should have gone back down back to LA where they mm-hmm. won two Super Bowls. Right. No, ex- exactly, dude. Exactly, man. Truer words have never been spoken. That's for sure. So, um, okay. So we talked a little bit about this next question off uh, off air last week, and um, this is about this like craze of no hitters that's going on. And when I um I checked, there's still six. So there's just been six uh, no hitters. Well, not just six, but there have been six no hitters that have been um, thrown so far in the 2021 season. So. Um, just going to ask you, we got two kind of questions here. And one is like, is this good or bad for the sport? Bad. Bad. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. yeah this is like, uh, yeah, it's, it's showing like offense right now is horrible. Like this is, um, okay. We're looking at the lowest league batting average since 1968. We're at a 2.36 batting average of as of May 20th. When I, when I found this article, Right now, um, sorry, it's 236, and in 1968, it was 237. So there is, like, absolutely no offense that is going on right now. And this is, like, the lowest point of um, hitting in just, like, the modern baseball era and stuff like that. And we've had um, total in history, there have been, what, I think seven no-hitters is, like, the most that's ever happened in the season mm-hmm. so far. So we're basically on point to have, like, 20 no-hitters and stuff, even more than that. Um, you know, this particular season. And, um, you know, I think that number one, this is like just no offense whatsoever. If you're a pitching fanatic, this might be the greatest thing to ever happen to you if you only care about pitching, but there's, there's just like no hitting. And like, it also, what it does is it's, um, you know, it sort of kind of cheapens this like, you know, big achievement of a no hitter. If it happens all the time, like, oh, it doesn't I don't think it'll be it as through. You don't think achievements at all? Not at all. You want to talk about something that's really hard to do? Keep keep twenty. Give major leaguers twenty seven chances to get a ball past an infielder. They'll usually do it. That's why they're so rare. Even even yeah. even as a percentage, six seems like a lot. Th- go and tell me how many pitchers have pitched in a game. 
and have had have had have given up a hit. It's a lot. It's a very small percentage of these things happen. They're just very noticeable. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just it's not it's not that there's no hitters. It's a symptom of it's a symptom of the approach. Now, granted, pitchers okay. are better than they've ever been before. I mean, everyone has someone that throws like 98 miles an hour now. Um, you know, multiple starters throw that hard now. So pitching's better than it's ever been before. But the approach is like what's the approach is what's awful. It's it's not so much that there isn't any offense. There's plenty of runs being scored. They're just all in home runs. There's no. Mm-hmm. I think like I, you know in 2019 the Indians the Indians set their like franchise home run record. Um, okay. And you would think that that would that was something that the 95 Indians would have held on to for a while. Um, and I guess I mean I guess they did for a while. But like the 95 Indians, sure they hit plenty of home runs. They were able to get walks, stolen bases, double... Like, they could fill up an inning with a whole bunch of other ways to score runs without hitting a home run. Now, every team has... One through nine, guys are trying to hit the fucking ball out of the park. And that's why you're seeing so many no-hitters. Because the approach, even when you're down two strikes, who cares? Swing as hard as you want. Right. I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. So there's, like... It's basically... There's no... um it's just like basically like there's everything is just like a glory moment or whatever like there's no more like strategy of just hitting the ball to, to get well, on base it's, it's not about glory it's hit. about um home run hitters get paid 20 million dollars a year and singles hitters don't yeah it's a good point as well man yeah you want to get that bread you uh hit yourself some home runs that's for sure <laughs> yeah no the um right you're, you're definitely right on um on that and everything. And like, yeah, I guess I just, I hadn't really thought about it from the angle of the, um, you know, that everything is just being home runs and stuff. Is this like uh, so far in the season, are we at a higher like home run, like, you know, more home runs this season compared to other seasons? Well, we were for like eight straight seasons, um, more home okay. runs over year over year. Um, I think it was in, I can't remember if it was, well, it had to be 2019. Um, I think 14 teams set their, set their like franchise home run records. So like it wasn't really that big of a deal, and in that year, I think the, I think in back to back years, I think 2018 to 2019, 2018 the Yankees set the major league home run record that the Mariners had previously, and then 2019 mm-hmm. the Twins beat it. So like, oh okay, everyone, every, who cares? Everyone's hitting home runs. I gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. All right. Yeah, that um, how was that Mariners record? Was that like a Griffey record from like a oh, while yeah. back? Like, like, yeah. Okay. Okay. It would have. It would have had to have been. Like, there's no way that it's a a newer Mariners team hitting that many home runs. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so with the um, entertainment side, this is a pretty easy one. Good or bad for the entertainment side? It's bad. Of the sport. It's all bad. Um, like, it's not just the, again. It's not just the no hitters. It's the fact that like the approach is a very dull one. Where you're mm-hmm. swinging, everyone's swinging from the heels, and you'll have innings at a time where nothing happens. Nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, and I, I don't want to be one of the old, you know, get off my lawn type people about sports, but like, like there was a point in time where, where guys like Tony Gwynn, where guys like, uh, you know, to keep it more locally to us, uh, Carlos Baerga and Roberto Alomar, they got down to two strikes and the approach changed. And they were like, okay, I'm going to make contact. And I'm going to put the ball in play. Tony Gwynn hit over 300 with two strikes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess that the league average with two strikes now is below 150. That there's no chance okay. that, that the league to, altogether is hitting above 200 with two strikes. No chance. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like, when, um, so, like, 
have there been like you have definitely had more experience with this like when you're if you were to watch like two or three baseball games like in a week or whatever um is there like long periods of nothing happening in like each one of these games like is it something yeah, that um that's, a, no, that's be... it there's long okay, periods of nothing okay okay gotcha okay yeah like i've got i think i've seen I think I've maybe seen like three total like games this year, like I did Dodgers wise and everything like that. And like, it's um, some of these things were like sort of eventful, but it was like nothing to like, where I'm like, Oh my God, like absolutely jack shit happened for, you know, three, four innings in a row or whatever. So um, yeah, that really sucks, man. Like just like that really, really fucking sucks. Just even if you're there at the stadium, if you're watching it on TV, like especially if you're watching it on TV, um, that's just got to be absolutely boring as hell. There's just sounds like nothing enjoyable into watching offensive lists, uh, baseball or, you know, just everybody trying to slug it out and stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't sound inter- all that entertaining to me. So, but, uh, one thing that I did kind of get a little bit of a kick out of was the local market hats that were released and then yanked from the market. Um, God, these were pretty bad. So I want, I had to include a question about this. Um, which one is which one is the best and which one's the worst? Uh, the best one is no one, and the worst one is all of them. Oh God, weren't they horrible? Like I struggled to choose a best one here. I landed on Detroit because like I I didn't have a dumb food thing on it. Like they had cherries. Like it, at least it was better than the cartoon pierogies and chili bowls and Chicago style pizzas that were on some of these hats. It was just bad, dude. Like, Chama, there is isn't one, a best one. Is, you're wrong. It's just I'm wrong on this one. You're wrong. Okay. There isn't a yeah, best one. Like, um, none, none of these were good. Like, first off, a lot, most of them were riddled with mistakes. Um, like, a lot of them didn't include the right area codes. So, like, that's okay. inherently incorrect. <laughs> or, they, or they excluded area codes altogether. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it, like this was – I who, who makes these? New Era or 5950? New Era. It's a new era. Yep. It's, it's just one of those, like – this is a balloon that they needed to float like quietly with like one team to get feedback mm-hmm. before just like jumping the gun on all these teams. And again, like getting very like obvious things wrong. Like if you're going to do one for, I, I remember the Kansas city one, like it missed like a bunch of area codes that are okay. in the Kansas city area. And it's like, well, cause I think, I think because they were in Kansas city, Kansas. Um, but I mean like you're, you're across the river. Like you're across the Missouri right. River from 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 the from that from the other city, so like they are they are guarantee you there are people from Kansas City, Kansas that go to Kansas City, Missouri to go watch the Royals play, um, but mm-hmm. you decided to exclude that for some reason. It, it's just one of those things they should have tried one, seen what the response was, made the necessary tweaks instead of like let's just do all thirty at once and not check to see if we're actually correct in doing these. Right, dude. I got to tell you the area code thing. That, that I think is one of the things that just really like the Detroit, like the Cleveland one and we have two one six or whatever. Like, so they definitely like neglected the three, three Oh and four, four Oh elements mm-hmm. of it. But it looks really weird when like you look at the Dodgers one and there's like six or eight area codes on there. The Yankees one Cleveland, has like fucking 10. Yeah. Yeah. See like this just, I don't know where that came from. Like it, it looks like these things look like when somebody like when you see somebody at a baseball game and they have a hat with a bunch of pins on it for some reason, yes. this is this is what it like kind of reminded me of. And as I was going through 
all of these things. And like, I'm literally like trying to like, there, so there's like ones that I'm like, okay, so like the Chicago Cubs, they have, they have the Chicago flag on next to the sea. The I think the, the White Sox have the same thing. I love the Chicago flag. So I was like, okay, like, you know, from the front and that part of it, it looks okay. But then you see the area code stuff and it just makes everything look like way too busy. You know, it's like we, it's like somebody having this blank canvas of a hat and they're just trying to fill it up with all of this, with all this stuff. And like a lot of this stuff, like, I don't know, it just doesn't belong on a hat and you, everything. I no, mean, it looks it stupid. It looks cluttered. Hats, hats need to be a little cleaner because mm-hmm. like you're, they're very, very visible. Like if people are going to see your hat before anything else. I mean, just like in general, like if you and I are out and we're both wearing hats, people are going to look at the hats first. So like when they're right. super fucking busy, they look stupid and they're very noticeable. If you wanted to do this like in a sort of a neater, cleaner sort of way, it would be kind of boring. But like what you could have done, take, you know, take where the team is, take just that zip code, put it real mm-hmm. big on the front of the hat. And if you wanted to do the fucking flag thing, you know, you know, incorporate some aspects of the flag. So like on the Cleveland, you'd have like a big two one six across the front. Um, mm-hmm. You'd have um, our flag's really fucking stupid. Um, so like it's maybe not <laughs> right. the best example. Okay, so take Chicago. Um, what's Chicago like? Seven, seven, it's, no, four uh, one, four one two, three one two, three one two. Yeah, the Goose Island, the beer, three one two. Yeah, yeah. So take like so you have like a big three one two across. And then, like, maybe the whole hat is, like, in the colors of, um, you know, maybe the Cubs one is, like, it's the flag design, like, kind of over it in the Cubs colors. And then yeah. you have a similar one in the Sox colors, black and white, with the same sort of, like, idea going on. It's kind of boring. I don't even think that I would necessarily like it. But I wouldn't actively hate it like I hated all these hats. Oh, dude, it's very easy to actively hate all these hats and stuff. And as we segue into the Indians, I want to focus on this particular hat in general because they really fucked this one up. And so once again, the Indians hat, like, and once when I say once again, Cleveland with this whole thing with the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And not only did they go with the guitars, which I thought we were over because the All-Star Game logo has we're no never, guitar on it. We're never, ever over these, Chema, ever. Dude, and it's a fucking acoustic guitar, no less. It's not even an electric one. It looks like a fucking acoustic. It's not like the Stratocaster or the Mm -hmm. Telecaster. It's an acoustic-ass guitar. And, like, it is just, like, we are never, as a city, going to break our relationship with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I I believe me, I... I'm just like one of these. That's not the first thing I hear or associate with Cleveland when I think about Cleveland as the the Rock Hall. I, I don't. And then you move to that fucking pierogi on the back of the hat, and that's where things really got the blood boiling, even more so than the more so than the acoustic guitar. And like, I almost felt like they were just making fun of the city at that it point. It like, felt like, it, like it, yeah, absolutely. It's so it, stupid. Like, and you know when. When I see the chili bowl in Cincinnati, like in a way, like it's, I viewed it the same way. It's like, they're making fun of Cincinnati, but since I kind of like making fun of Cincinnati, I kind of, I enjoy making fun of Cincinnati. Um, I was like, Oh yeah, fuck you in your, in your chili bowl, you know, fuck skyline weirdos. Right. Exactly. You three ways. Like the, um, the, the pierogi, 
like on the on the Indians hat, it's just like it's almost just like the NF the MLB or whoever I don't know whoever fucking designed this is just like yeah look at all those fat fucking Eastern Europeans up there in Cleveland you know like here's their pierogi it's just it's it's it seemed like more of a joke than something to actually be taken seriously and not like one of those like like um jokes that like maybe like a city can get behind and I I know that I could think of a Cleveland one if you gave me time but like there are certain like oh humor... just make it a Pabst Blue Ribbon can then it's a joke we can all get behind yeah thank you so something like that yes yeah, so like there's something you know you can certain things you can kind of like poke fun at a city that we just kind of naturally like adapt and stuff the pierogi thing is like it's almost like this person who designed this talked to like three people in Cleveland during Lent and they're like, oh yeah, pierogies are a big thing around here and and that's where they got it from. I, I was very I was very very disappointed um, with the the Cleveland one, um, particularly you know just because I'm from there and stuff. <laughs> they should have leaned into the forest city idea, dude. You could have made a nice hat with like mm-hmm. you could have incorporated the Buckeye and like a tree in into the right. city hat if you leaned into the forest city thing. People need to lean into that Forest City thing more. Like, that is one of the coolest monikers for Cleveland, I, if not the coolest one. Like, it needs to be used when more. We, when we get to the name, I have a name in mind that would that would be awesome, but, like, it's never going to happen, so. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay, definitely. Yeah, I want to get in because there was some news that broke about that today that I didn't get a chance to include in the outline. So, okay, yeah, the local market hats, they fucking suck. Let's move into the Indians now. Um this was something. So Zach Plesak, he hurt himself uh, in an unfortunate shirt removal incident um, is how I could best describe it. He's taken off his shirt and broke a thumb out of it. Is, did, do you know anything more than that? That's kind of the impression that I got. Is that is there anything more to that than what I just kind of described? Um, no, but that, I mean, here's the thing. Whenever you hear these strange injuries, you just got to take them at their word. Okay. Because it okay. might have been something much more untoward that they just don't want to get out. And because of HIPAA laws, we'll never know. Yeah, that's very true. Right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I heard this and, you know, it was, it was just like, okay, so the guy, now, whatever happened, the shirt thing, I, I, don't, I don't even necessarily know if that's the, the best uh, thing somebody could come up with. So I um, wanted to ask this question as far as any other unusual athletes or injuries that have happened to baseball players i just wanted to know just throw one out there if you uh, could think of a weirder one or one as weird oh well how about i mean do you want just the ones this year oh dude lay it out whatever you got man jesus lazardo broke his hand playing call of duty um (laughs) like he he like threw his he threw his controller down and he struck the side of his like table that he was sitting at or something and broke his hand uh, last year, Jose Quintana lacerated ligaments in his, uh, in his pitching hand, uh, washing his dishes. Um, okay. let's see more, some of the more strange, strange ones. Um, Sean Kelly, uh, A's reliever almost cut the top of his thumb off, uh, doing dishes as well. Um, Salvador Perez, a couple of years ago, tore his MCL, uh, carrying luggage up the steps of his apartment. Um, you apparently forgot about the time that Trevor Bauer almost chopped his finger off in his drone. Right. Yeah, oh yeah, um, no, that that was my that was my Kendrys Morales hit yeah. a walk-off grand slam and shattered his ankle so badly he missed the next two seasons after like celebrating a home plate. Uh Joel Zumaya strained his back playing Guitar Hero. Um and they actually <laughs> they actually put a message in, in into the uh, one of the updates that actually put a message about no pitchers being harmed in the making of this game except for Joel Zumaya. Um <laughs> and maybe one of the like one of the funnier ones of one of the a former Indian Marty Cordova 
uh, burned himself so badly in a tanning bed he had to miss like multiple day games. He just like couldn't be in the sun. Oh my god. All of those are absolutely priceless. Thank you very much for sharing that. Like I knew if anything you'd be able to ran off some list of some very unusual injuries. It happens it happens and in baseball like, because like the injuries in football are like like they're football injuries. Dudes tear their mm-hmm. ACLs, they get concussions, they break bones. Um a lot of like in baseball like weird shit happens because like you're not there's no like direct contact with I mean there's direct contact with the players it happens all the time but like you're not going to see someone like you don't really see that many like ACL injuries in baseball, right? It just, I mean, it happens, but it, it's not that common. You see arm injuries, shoulder injuries from throwing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, so like, there's no contact. So like these guys like do, you know, and these guys have a lot more downtime than other sports, yes. especially pitchers. There's a lot of pitchers on these lists because they have a lot mm-hmm. of fucking time to do nothing by themselves. Right. You know, after their work, they get their work in or whatever. Um, they have a lot of time to do nothing. So like they're left with their own devices and they get hurt. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that no, that makes a whole lot of fucking sense. And you're right. You don't get a, you don't hear that often like about ACLs and like the, the football type injuries and stuff like that. You're right. Like football guys get hurt on the hurt on the field and a lot of baseball guys get hurt playing a uh, guitar hero, which is just I did not know about that and that's pretty fucking priceless. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty priceless. Yeah. So, okay. So moving on with the Indians, um, what are your thoughts on Owen Miller's uh, first week in the league? I know he got called up from the minors. Uh, it would have been the start of last week. He's played in just like a couple games. So I, I know he hit a ton in the uh, the minors and everything like that. So what do you think about his um, first days in the majors? He's fine. Is it like it. anything like you get excited? There's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and we can move on. Okay. <laughs> He's okay. fine. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I, I just, I, stats or whatever seem to be pretty normal for a, um, you know, major league guy who just started i guess like there's not he's not coming in there and like hitting uh, like you know knocking it out of the park every time but uh you know it's somebody who is at least in up in the majors and who knows maybe he could do something um later i mean there's i mean stuff, literally so. there's nothing much to talk about he's not like hitting great but he's fine defensively and he doesn't look lost at the plate he's fine okay good good to know all right dude so let's move it up Moving along to the next question. So what do you think the biggest obstacle uh, for the Indians that they face on their road to the playoffs? Um, so there's right now, like the, the biggest immediate thing is their lack of pitching depth. Um, something that used to be mm-hmm. a strength. I mean, forever it was like, right. There were like eight pitchers that the Indians at any point in time could put out there with, that would be starting yep. on any, basically any staff in the major league. So like lack of pitching depth, depth in general, we have some injuries that we're dealing with. But also, uh, Chum, their defense is awful. Uh, their offense is awful, and other teams are better than them. That's really the biggest one. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, I know that um, in terms of pitching, you're right. We definitely don't have the depth. And they, they sent Tristan McKenzie down to the uh, the minor leagues, and they brought him back up like a, f- a few days later and everything like that. But um, you're right. We just don't have the – we're definitely not at the the depths of pitching that we once uh, that we once were and stuff like that. That is for fucking sure. And, and, and the big um, and the big and the big part of that with guys like Tristan McKenzie, Logan Allen, um, I forgot. I've, I'm already forgetting the kid that just made a start. Eli Morgan. The, there's like a huge huge problem here that I'm surprised you didn't ask a question about. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll sort of fill you in here now. The reason why a lot of there's a lot of rookies that are or or young players, maybe not necessarily rookies that are sort of like trying to figure it out and they're having mm-hmm. a tough time because they didn't play any baseball last year. Oh, I gotcha. No, that's a good point on that. None too. of them that's played because right, the, they went to camp that alternate camp and played scrimmages, 
but they didn't play baseball mm-hmm. last year. And that was okay. like a whole stunted guy, even even position players. But like certainly it stunted the pitchers um, that are, you know, that were minor league pitchers. Like they had no one to face for an entire year. Yeah, I got you. No, that's a really, that's a fucking phenomenal point on that. And I totally forgot about like minor leagues and stuff like that. Not not playing and playing at all like last year and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's right. They're, you're going to be fucking rusty. That's for, for sure. And, uh, you know, maybe some of this younger talent might pan out, but, um, as far as trying to figure themselves out and stuff like that, because of not having any, you know, any real practice or baseball to play last year. Yeah. That's going to set you back uh, big time and stuff. It's really going to stunt, um, your growth and development as a player for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's, you no, know, it, no. It is, it is it is what it is. Like, everyone's dealing with it. And, like, there have been some rookies that have come up and have played really well. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. everyone's different. You know, like, it, it's pretty clear to me that Tristan McKenzie needed, instead of, I mean, you could have even brought him up last year, but he needed to work on things against real hitters last year. And he just never got the chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, man. I got you. I understand for sure. Okay, so, yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, maybe some of those teams will be not as good as us and maybe our offense and defense will uh, pick up a little bit and we can get through these injuries and hopefully get to uh, get to a playoff run by the time we do our next uh, sports episode. Yeah, so, we'll, yeah, see. Let's, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. They're not, it's, that's it's, the thing. They're not, not bad. They're not a bad team. They're just, they definitely, they're a team that like, and I think they're, I think they're going to, I think they have a very good shot to make the playoffs. But if they want to get to a World Series, suddenly everything needs to start going right for them. Because there's no way yeah. they can play defense like this, and there's no way they can score two runs a game for like six straight games, and you know, mm-hmm. like they've won, you know, they'll win half of them because they have pretty solid pitching. But like, you can't do that in the playoffs. You'll lose. You'll be knocked out very quickly. Yeah, yeah, I understand, man. I understand. And so moving along into, I'm going to get into it now. Like, um, the, when is this name change going to happen? So I, the thing that happened today that I heard about was um, they. Indians have done a lot of um, the Indians management, whoever the marketing people, they've talked to a lot of people. Um, I guess there's thousands of people that they talk to and they yeah. have a, a big, a huge, massive list of names, um, you know, potential names to go through and sort out and all this stuff. Um, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that there's an actual timetable for the name change. And I, I believe it's been um, kind of there is, delayed. Sort of. Um, there's like a guideline. Uh Dolan said they're not going to change the name before 2022. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And the all-star game would be then 20, the 20 next year, right? It's no, two years from now is when the all-star games come into Cleveland. It's not. Oh, it's not coming. Oh, because, oh, that's right. Okay. I gotcha. All the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I forgot about that. They, LA didn't get it and they, they moved some things around and stuff like that. That's right. Okay. Well, we just had it. We're so, not going to get it for another 25 years probably. They just—they had it last year. We had a 2019 chemo. No, 2019. Really? We had—we wow, did a okay. whole podcast about this. Oh, sorry. It's the NBA. NBA is getting the All Star yeah. game, right? Like that's right. Sorry about that. That's right. Okay. Yes. Don't do drugs, kids. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly true. Yes, yeah, so you bet. Yeah. I, okay. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> so, um, right. Okay. So they're not going to do it before 2022. Okay. Like, um, it just would, it seemed like when this announcement was made a little bit of kicking some cannage down the road. So, um, now that they put some wheels in motion and everything like that together, what was the name you were going to, um, suggest, uh, you know, that they never go with. So what they should do, like we said, lean into the forest cities for, cause that's like the original name of the club was like the, I, I can't remember if it was like the forest city baseball club 
I, I it was something like that. I think that was like one of the original names. And what they should do, however, they're going to run into problems with an already major league team being named this, and um, the fact that there's some baggage with it. Um, that's some racial baggage with it that well, I'm not going to get into. If you really want to look it up, you can look it up. But they should go with the Forest City Rangers. Okay. With the oh, so Texas Rangers has that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, like the Park Rangers, Park all Rangers. that kind of stuff. And yeah, okay. And I, I, I don't know the specifics, but I can kind of guess where some of that racial baggage comes into play and stuff, especially if it's a, a Texas team that's adopting it. And um, But um, yeah, okay, that's not bad. I actually I don't think that that's bad at all. Um, I know Lakewood High School is the the Rangers and stuff like that. So that um, oh, there's tons you know, of schools right there that are Rangers or Buckeyes or whatever the fuck else. But right. you like it would be it would definitely be like a very top to bottom like an identifier that's that puts you that sets you apart from the rest of the league top to bottom. But obviously, it's not like the the, the Texas Rangers aren't going to allow a team to. Um, thusly renamed right. the Rangers, and that's what's taking this. What's taking this so long? I mean, there's, I'm sure there's uniform rules um, anyway with with baseball. There is with the NFL, um, but what's taking this so long is that they have to like, they have to go into every legal ramification with every name that they vet, and you know, like, could you like you might be able to use something as a team name, but then like mm-hmm. someone holds the 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 trademark rights to like T-shirts, so you'd never be able to print a yeah. T-shirt with this name on it. I gotcha. Yeah, there's probably a lot of like legal and people have probably bought up stuff. Oh, for like, sure. Just a habit, you know yep. what I'm saying? Like, it's just, so yeah, the legal betting process on it. Oh my god, it takes be years. A fucking it takes years to do this stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's and, like okay, one I'll thing if they just change their colors, but like changing mm-hmm. the name of your franchise is very different. It's way different. It's way harder. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, like I'm sort of okay, okay with them just calling it the Cleveland Baseball Club if they wanted to. So something like that. I, like, that wouldn't I, bother me. I, I'm liking the Washington football team. Like I did, that really stuck with me. <laughs> I'm really fucking loving that name now, and I kind of hope they don't get rid of it. But uh, I wouldn't mind the Cleveland Baseball Club. I, I think that that is that's growing on me more than um, than it did like a year ago. It, it, yeah, exactly. There's there's some things that it, and that's you know what I'm talking about. That's like an old school throwback. Like that that feels like a, a team that you would have named in 1880 would have been the Cleveland Baseball Club or the Cincinnati Baseball Club. Um, yeah, like that just feels old school in that kind of like in, in a very unique and interesting way. And I that that would not bother me because then it's really and truly you're repping Cleveland. So why not? Right. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man, like. Cleveland being like, you know, an older kind of city and stuff like that. It just, it just kind of fits. It fits everything about what the city is going on like with the city history and stuff like that. The Indians are like, you know, an older team and stuff. I could see it. I hope I'm throwing my boat in for that one. Like there's not a lot of other, I don't want the guardians. I don't want the spiders. I've said it before. So like I'm kind of all in on the baseball club until something else comes around, but if, I could think they were, I, yeah, if they were to go with, I, I have a feeling they're not going to do that simply because they're not. Well, I know that they're not going to because Dolan said they're not going to do like a placeholder thing. Um, it's just mm-hmm. they're just going to change the name. Um, is like some of the choices that have been floated, which are totally unofficial. Um, like if you if you see a poll or something, they're not like right. They're not they're not from anything in particular. Um, like just just spiders is the last thing I want to see. It just feels like such a, it feels like such a easy cop out. Everyone's like, "Well, back in 1901, I'm like, you know what? That was the worst team in the history of baseball. 
Why right. do we want to take up the mantle of the worst team in the history of baseball? Ask yourself that question. Why do you want to be them? Um, that's the only one that I'm like, please don't do that one. Just don't do it. And then it, it would come with all these tacky people would like, hey, man, you going to hang out at the web tonight? And I'm like, nope, yeah, yeah, shut yeah, the yeah. fuck up. I hate you so much. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, God, yeah. That's one thing I did not consider of the web and all the other goddamn spider insect people related People dressing up like Spider-Man thing. but in Cleveland Indians colors. Oh, no, no. The image just does not look good. Exactly. No, no, no. no I, I want to avoid yeah, that yeah. at all costs. So if, if they did the Guardians, I could sort of, first off, I'd lean, I would hope to God they don't like lean directly in the Guardians of Traffic. You could make it a military thing, right? Like we have, right. mm-hmm. we have like Coast Guard stations here. Um, Cuyahoga County has like a, in during the Civil War, Cuyahoga County had like a disproportionate amount of casualties um, compared to like other counties in the entire United States during that war. So like there's like a, there is and we you know you could you could lean into Bob Feller one of our guardians that actually played for the Indians, um, right? You could lean into that military thing. I, you know that would be like a to me that would be like a B minus to C plus sort of compromise. But it like to me the spiders is like an F that you're you're failing me and I'm gonna go ahead and just become like a Kansas City Royals fan then. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, man. Like I have really become turned off with the spiders name, uh, like more so than I was before. It just doesn't sound right. It's just like everything that I'm seeing in my mind in terms of logos, the, the web thing now that you bring that up is a whole new layer onto this equation. But um, I'm not like, I'm just not feeling it. Like there's, it doesn't sound right to me. It's not something that I think is going to even look right when I see ESPN and it's like spiders versus, you know, the reds or whatever. It, mm-hmm. just, it just doesn't look right to me. And I, I got to say, like, I just like, I'm just disapproving. I just, I just, I, I cannot stand the idea of the spiders and making it a call, like adopting something from what is like the worst team in the history of Major League Baseball. That's like something that like 1990s and early 2000s Cleveland would do. Mm-hmm. Not like, not the new like you know what Cleveland is trying to do. We have like, evolved, Chema. We have evolved. Let's not look. Let's yeah. not look to shitty past. Let's let's find something from good past if we're gonna do that. Right, it's like that's why I want them to drop this shit with the fucking rock hall, <laughs> man. Uh, don't you, I, really you know what? Can... I don't. I don't think for a second that. Um, I don't think for a second that the Dolans would ever consider the Rockers or some kind yeah. of like rock themed team. Like I hope not. That would be even worse for different reasons than naming, naming yourself the Spiders. Yeah, I don't, dude. I I gotcha. I'm just like, yeah, just the whole thing with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's just like I just I don't. I said it before. I just don't see that when I see Cleveland nowadays, and hopefully more people won't as time goes on uh, too. So it's cool to go to once every couple of years, but it's not like you could do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every single year and go in and be like, oh my god, that is the greatest museum experience I've ever had in my life. You know, just it's just not exactly. Happening. You're waiting for like when that big exhibit comes around every few years when it's the, the, the Stones exhibit comes in and it's yeah. going to take over. That's the only time I would go. That's exactly right. When the, the big, cool new ex- – and I missed many of those big, cool new exhibits because they weren't all that big or weren't all that cool. But when <laughs> right. one would come in, yeah, that's the ones that I would go to for sure. Yeah, you bet, dude. Okay. All right. So we wrapped up with uh, MLB, some NBA talk. Now let's get into some NFL talk, always some of my favorite parts of these sports episodes. And – um Big news for the 2021 season. We're moving into the 17 games. Finally, something like this has happened. So I just want to get a, some of your thoughts on like this uh, schedule adjustment and everything. Good, bad, good idea, bad idea. What do you think? 
It's a great idea. We get more football. Um, there, there really is no downside to this. Um, we can talk about like there is, there are going to be player safety issues. Like totally, totally understand that. But we're going to go ahead and cut out. We're going to cut out a, a preseason game where mm-hmm. we've already, you know, we've already negotiated. The players' union has already negotiated to cut down on like certain activities. Um, like they're they are sort of they're sort of figuring out a way to make football a little bit. It's it's year round, obviously. I mean, it's year round in terms of like the media cycles and the players keeping themselves in shape, but like they do that much better than they used to, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So it's not like the same issue that it used to be. And actually we're finding that like, in fact, playing football year round, you know, quote unquote, playing football year round and trying to keep yourself in that sort of, uh, that sort of physical shape year round, is probably not the best thing. So we do need sort of breaks from it, but adding like one game into the season, I don't think is like make or break, um, necessarily to someone's physical health. Um, so like it's more football, but now we do need to follow up on this, and I don't think it's changing this year, but they need to follow up with expanding rosters by a couple of players and expanding the game day rosters by several players so there's more people available. Um, mm-hmm. There's more people available on a game day because like, right, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people know. Like We always talk about the 53-man roster. I think there's only 45 are active for game day. So if we're going to play another game, that needs to increase by at least a couple, probably more like three or four players. And the practice squads, uh, the, you know, the rosters themselves and the practice squads need to increase too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, the you're right. I'm like I don't really see a downside with this whole thing. Um, getting rid of the most pointless playoff game, um, you know, which I, which will probably just shift. There'll be another you know completely pointless playoff game, uh, and we'll get. But at least you know, we're getting one less playoff game in general. Which which yeah, I preseason really game, like. preseason game. Preseason game. Sorry about that. Thank you. Um, so that part I have absolutely no problem with. Um, I like I love the idea of getting an additional game. I love that they gave us uh, the Cardinals this year and you know, the NFC West mm-hmm. team to uh, go up against and stuff. I was very happy that we, you know, we're playing a game. You know, it wasn't like we just got stuck with like a chump team or something like that. Yeah. But um, you're right. The, the players. Uh, safety issues and all that stuff like th- there's going to be some you know that come up and everything and like one more game like you know another potential for injury and stuff like that so I love the idea about expanding the rosters and everything I think that that'll be really good especially if some injuries start to come into play you know so even just some like wear and tear and everything like that you know just like football is a very difficult sport to play so getting some extra bodies in there I think might um, you know might kind of just give some stars, I guess, the opportunity to like play less if they're needed to. Mm-hmm. If somebody um, is hurt, somebody can come um, in and fill in right away. So I'm, I'm all for that. There's really not a downside um, to this idea just yet. And I got to say, I love, I know that it's just one preseason game, but I think doing it this way is the right way to do it. I think even just two more regular season games, even though it's just two, one more, I think you're just kind of pushing it for right now. So this is a good way to ease into this in case they decide to take away another playoff game in the future. But that that's not going to happen for a long time. Um, it'll happen sooner than you think, though, because I, I have a feeling the league itself is going to expand uh, team wise. So mm-hmm. uh, so you're going to have like you're just going to need to fill in more. You know, you're going to have the chance to fill in more uh, spots in the schedule. So like then let's add another game. Um, since we have more teams, so we can, you know, we can just play even more football. It's going to happen eventually. It's been a long, it's been a surprisingly long time um, 
since the, I mean, it's been what, 22 years now since the league expanded at all. Um, you know, that was with Houston. Um, yeah. And like, it, like when, and when you go back, when you talk about like the, the league adding multiple teams, like the last time that happened, I think it was like, in the, like the early seventies, mid seventies, maybe. So like, it's been okay. a long time since like the league has really grown a lot. Um, not saying that that's like eminent, but I think that if, if we ever go to it, and we will eventually go to an 18 game schedule and they're probably, it'll probably be more like college. We'll just have practices. Um, mm-hmm. maybe one, like maybe like a, a couple of weeks of scrimmages against another team. But like, I think yeah. eventually we're just going to have, we're just going to practice in scrimmages. There's not even going to be preseason games because quite frankly, like they're like, you're, you've been to a preseason game. Who the F cares? Um, yeah. Who cares what you watch? You literally watch a quarter. And then like, after that, you just kind of check out even in the, even in the dress rehearsal, you, you watch a half and you mentally check out. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be more like college, I think in that respect. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's and it's I think the last couple, especially last year, proved that we don't need to have this whole like lead up to the season in order to get ready for it. Like the the football didn't suffer from right. not having like a full off season like we normally have. Yeah, no, that's a really really good point, dude. Like football was really great last year. Like we're not having the six no hitter discussion about football last year, or even just in general. You know, like I thought football the product was actually pretty solid, you know, considering there were not really any stand fans in the stands. It was a different viewing experience, but watching the, the games and everything, like I couldn't tell you much difference between no. the 2020 season and 2019 season and stuff. So like, you're right about that. There's no real need for the, the big lead up to the season. And you're at like college and the, the scrimmages and stuff. Like that's how we did it. Like in high school, we didn't have any exhibition games or anything like that in high school. So like these, like, you know, regional scrimmages between teams like that's probably all you really need like you don't really need to go all out for it and um when it comes to this expansion like how far into the future do you think we are with the um the addition of more teams i mean honestly probably less than a decade i'd say more than five years less than 10 okay yeah that believe that if you were to ask me, I'd probably ballpark at a similar, um, a similar time frame, And it's just inevitable. Like the, the sport is just becoming so popular. There's a lot of unused under tap markets and stuff like that. There's cities that are big cities that, you know, have, that don't have basketball or, yeah, that just don't have anything in general. So there's states like Kentucky that have absolutely nothing and should continue to have nothing. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Kentucky, Kentucky, not a great spot for pro football, but no. Um, but you you can't convince me that one day Austin's not going to have an NFL team. Like I know that they have college football right there. The University of Texas. Do you think you think the state of Texas is going to mind having another football team? Absolutely not. Absolutely especially, not. Especially in one of America's fastest growing cities, there's going to be a football team there before the decades out, before the end of you know before we get to 2030. Oh, yeah, and the way the Texas Longhorns have been playing lately, like, yeah, they're going to need, like, a pro football team mm-hmm. in Austin to keep football relevant there. Mm-hmm. Austin FC will be the hottest ticket in town in, uh, <laughs> in no time, you know? So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's it's coming. Um, I figured another Texas team is is in line, you know, who knows? San, they might end up with two when it's all sand and done with San Antonio or something. Yeah. But, um, San Antonio has been on, but, on like, the list for many years. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I, I could see that coming there, and who knows? Like, Oklahoma City, like, even Portland, who, there's a lot of untapped markets out there. So that expansion is going to be happening pretty soon. And with that, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be more games. I think that they'll just naturally uh, naturally follow each other. You mm-hmm. know, maybe not right away, but, like, you know, th- throughout the course of time, in our lifetimes is yeah. what, what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, so. for sure. Oh, okay, so 
out of the um we had a big like kind of with the draft and the quarterbacks this year and i'm not gonna lie even leading up to it i was kind of sick of all the uh the quarterback discussion until we actually saw how the cards on the table fell on draft night mm-hmm. so out of all the quarterbacks that were selected in the first round of this year's draft who's gonna have the best uh season and who's gonna have the worst so I mean, I guess it, it really is going to depend on how you define best. So I have like I have answers here for, for both of these. I should say how you're going to define okay. best and worst. Um, so I have answers here for both of these. Um, statistically, there's to me, there's no way that Trevor Lawrence doesn't rack up some interesting rookie numbers. I mean, obviously he could bomb mm-hmm. out like like all these people, all these quarterbacks: Lawrence, Wilson, Trey Lance, Fields, uh, Matt Jones. Go ahead and pick pick any other ones that were drafted later. They could all turn out to be fantastic or, or terrible. Like, it, sure, it could happen. Um, but, like, in terms of, like, being the most sure thing, I would be shocked if Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a year where he throws for 20, 25 touchdowns, where he throws for around 3,000 yards, where, like, the individual numbers look pretty decent. But, like, I can't imagine that he and, for that matter, Zach Wilson, I can't imagine that they win more games than Justin Fields. Than Trey Lance and than Matt mm-hmm. Jones, I, I can't imagine it. So statistically, I'm going with I'm going with uh, with Lawrence uh, down in Jacksonville um, in terms of like yeah. the best individual season. But man, I, I just have a feeling our boy Fields in Chicago landed in a better situation where they're not going to be asking him to do a ton, and and because of that, he can kind of relax and kind of fit into the offense more. And I think that that team is. I think that that team, if the, Chicago felt like the kind of team that should have tried to swing a trade for an Aaron Rodgers or someone like that, because I think that mm-hmm. they're significantly closer to being a contender than, you know, maybe them in San Francisco, the two closest to being contenders versus all the other, you know, versus the Jets, the Jaguars, and even the Patriots. So right. that's sort of my answer for the best. I think Lawrence and Fields. Okay. Dude, I got to tell you, I was so surprised that Justin Fields fellows. I thought this whole thing with the Jets and Zach Wilson was just a bunch of fucking crap that they were putting out there. No, he actually got picked up number two. I was like, dude, I was so. And then even like Trey Lance getting picked over him, which I was surprised about. Surprised. Until I, um, yeah, I was very surprised. And I heard I saw a little bit of um, some some guy's podcast that was in my Instagram feed and they were he had done an interview with Kyle Shanahan and uh, Kyle Shanahan was at Justin Fields Pro Day and I guess like got on the plane left or whatever and it's just like hey you guys want to see some plays I drew up for Trey Lance was just like completely like just in on Trey Lance from uh, moment number one and stuff like that. I mean I, I get it he's like he is sort of he I mean he's like Justin Fields like just mm-hmm. physically like their their play styles are similar i just see just this really like this this stuff that came up that came down on justin fields not just, not the epilepsy thing like that's one that like i, I wouldn't even find concerning because when was the last time he had an epileptic seizure at ohio state never <laughs> never yeah, um never. <laughs> so like that's not a concern and i guess it's one of those it's one of those he's had it since his childhood it's one of those things you do sort of outgrow to a degree like it just yeah. the chances become less and less you're gonna have a seizure but also, like, the stuff that came down about, like, oh, Josh, Justin Fields can't read a defense is, like, verifiably proven false by various mm-hmm. analytics, various metrics. And if anything, he was one of the best at coming off of reads and finding different receivers in, in all college football. Um, but at the same time, you're at Ohio State. Are you really not going to throw the ball to Chris Olave, covered or not? Chris Olave <laughs> next year is going to be a top five pick. Like, yeah. oh, throw yeah. him the football. It doesn't matter if he's covered. He's, he's still open. So 
all the stuff that came down about Fields was just very bizarre, and we could talk about like the racial implications with it. But like I, I see like listen, if maybe Zach Wilson turns out to be the second coming, fine. But like I just see like the physical stuff, the like the the physical eye test that Justin Fields passes, and also I got to watch him at Ohio State dominate really good competition. So like mm-hmm. I to me like it's just a no brainer to me that you take that guy. Yeah, dude, same here, man. Like, I, I was so goddamn surprised. Like, I seriously was. And, like, up to the, up into the draft, I got really into the Justin Fields camp. Like, just reading all the stuff about him being a vegan, the lifestyle stuff that he basically like, – even, you know, some of the stuff we were talking about earlier about how he took this COVID thing. Like, you know, I'm just going here. I'm, I'm sitting in my apartment, you know, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Really taking these kinds of, like, serious – as serious as you could take it in his position. I got on, I got in this guy's camp big time, and I was just, like – I was just very, very surprised to see him fall. So I, um, I, I agree with you. Trevor Lawrence is going to put up some – really crazy like rookie numbers or whatever he is probably going to end up winning the uh offensive like rookie of the yeah. year you know just, just trevor lawrence and like oh my god now jacksonville's got this uh got their quarterback and stuff like that um i think that trey lance is going to be the one that starts the latest in the season like there's just something about like jimmy g oh, still hanging out they're gonna there. hang with garoppolo for at least a little bit for sure yeah, you know, and like even if um, you know, it's not going to be one of those things with like what the Browns did, where like Hoyer has a couple bad games and he's good. Like Jimmy G is going to get like you know some time and everything like that. You know, it's not like they're going to pull him week three. I, I no. would hope to God that they don't. And like um, so I think that um, like Trey Lance might end up being on the most winningest team as far mm-hmm. as like the, the record goes. Uh, Fields with Chicago is is definitely like you know that would easily be up there too you know what i'm saying because i think did chicago make the playoffs last year or they came really close or something um they like were that. like so, a oh no yeah they, i think they lost to the saints in the playoffs okay yes that's this ringing a bell that they were in the in the playoffs i, I feel like so, i feel like if, if it was because they expanded by a team that's why they got in but like okay. they're not like they're not they're a 500 team basically yeah, I gotcha. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. So like, I so I could see Trey Lance being on having the the you know on the, the team that wins the most games, Fields um, coming in at a close second. The Jacksonville, when it comes to games, I mean they they could be one of these things where they go like three and something exactly. or whatever. But Trevor yeah. Lawrence still puts up on real numbers. I'm really not I'm not yet buying the idea of Urban Meyer being this. Uh, professional coach that's just going to come in and like you know kick ass and he's like only going to be in a couple I, years man there's no way he's there for long term there's no way that exactly there, there's no fucking way in hell they're, they're just i just don't see it it's it's it is one of the more weirder hires um if you ask uh, if you ask me like i just was still kind of surprised about that even though i know he's mr florida and all that stuff i just didn't think mm-hmm. he'd make the move to the pros but the, but that's just me um Zach Wilson, I, I think that um, he's going to have the. I think he's going to have the worst season out of ever. It's just the Jets. I, I like agree with you, and I'll let you go ahead and finish your point there. I'll, I'll expand uh, upon it probably. Like I am just like this team just forever has just been like uh, just a like a dumpster fire almost. And like I know when people say like Browns dumpster fire and everything, but to me it just seems like the Jets are even worse for some reason. I have no idea why. I like that's how I see them, and. I don't really see them all of a sudden like just everything is going to be turned around because of 
Zach Wilson. I just I, there's I think that they have a little bit more of a um, a road to go down than um, some of the other teams and stuff. So, you, so I think he's gonna have the worst year. I I agree with you, and it's and it's sort of the idea, you know, like it's the same like you since you mentioned the Browns, it's sort of the same idea. The Jets are the Jets until they prove otherwise, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think why I mean like, they've been they've had. They've had some good seasons and some bad seasons recently. Like, on the whole, they've been better than the Browns over the last 20 years. Um, Right. But, like, I think what makes the Jets sort of stand out as being, like, extra bad is that the biggest problem with the Browns is that, like, we've just drafted garbage players over and over and over again. Like, we don't do the thing where, like, oh, there's a really talented wide receiver, we should take him. Like, we don't do that. We're like, you know what, let's trade back, get extra picks, and take the guy who is fifth most talented receiver. And it's like, well, why do we keep doing this? Like, these guys get chewed up and spit out and they're off the team two years later. Um, right. So, like, but, like, the the Jets have had, like, legit talent come through there and they've, they've drafted and developed legit talent and they still can't win. So, like, that's, I think, like, why the Jets get, like, an extra, like, notch against them. Um, yeah. Because, like, you've had good players and you still can't win with them. But, yeah, so, Zach Wilson, the, you're on the Jets and they're the Jets until further notice. And they've done some things like they've, you know, they've signed, uh, they drafted some offensive linemen, um, you know, they've tried to sign, you know, weapons and like, like they're doing the right thing. But like, until I see it on the field, it, it's, you're the Jets and Zach Wilson, you're the, you're the captain of a ship that is, I don't know, not running into an iceberg, but like just <laughs> permanently attached to one, I guess. Right. <laughs> I, like, it's just, that's just how I see it. And like, and I, I also put Mac Jones down here. Not because I think that he'll like actually have a terrible season. I don't think he's going to play a lot, and when he does, they're not going to ask him to do anything in New England. Like you know that they're just—it's basically turn, hand the ball off, turn, toss the ball mm-hmm. here. Like he's just not going to be allowed to do the things that they're going to ask of Trevor Lawrence, or they're going to ask Zach Wilson, or even uh, Fields. Yeah, he's going to have a really slow like kind of unless Cam Newton gets hurt or some really crazy shit goes down. I think he's going to have a really slow kind of integration into the NFL and stuff like that. I mean, he's not like if he is even in the position to win a game winning drive, like I think something might be wrong with the team in general. Cause like, I know that that dude won a national title. Okay. Like I believe me, like that, that is football, you know, abilities and stuff that I, that I will never have. He's done things that not a lot of people have, have done, but I look at him and I just don't really see like, I don't really see like the greatest thing in the world here. You know, I see like kind of like a safe play in many ways. Like I just kind of see maybe AJ McCarron who just got drafted at 15, you know, like it's, there, there's some things, there's some things there that with him, I'm not seeing that I would see with the other quarterback. And the guy played at Alabama won the fucking title, you know? So, um, the Cam Newton part of this equation, I think is a very interesting variable. Um, Cam Newton could come back and, be the goddamn man or he can come back and totally fucking flop it out. So if he is committed and serious and it turns his shit around, like Mac Jones might not even play anything more than just a, Hey, we're going to rest cam this series. Get in there, Jones, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So his, um, his one in the end, like, you know, in, in 10 years or so, if he ends up being any good might be one of the more interesting, like, you know, storylines out of this, draft class or whatever but uh right now i'm i'm just not seeing it compared to the other um the other players no not at all and you know what like he 
like if you were to like take a ceiling on all these guys, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence could be the next Peyton Manning. Um, Trey Lance could be the next um, Steve McNair. Or, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of another, like, uh, athlete, Randall Cunningham, something like that. Um, yeah. Mac Jones, to me, he could be the next Andy Dalton. And, like, right. <laughs> nothing wrong with being the next Andy Dalton. I mean, like, Andy Dalton had a nice run there in, in Cincinnati, but, like, you're not winning titles with Andy Dalton. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, like, I hate to say this, but, like, well, no, I don't hate to say it. When it came down to Belichick and the Belichick-Brady combination, I'm thinking it's mostly Brady, dude. I think I, when it's all said and yeah. done, Belichick is not, he's not winning let's anymore. Call it, let's call it 60-40, Brady to Belichick. And, mm-hmm. I like, you could make the argument, and I will, I will make this argument for most quarterbacks, that most quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. That, like, that they just find, like, that, like, Drew Brees, Dan Marino, find the right spots to land in. Um... That, you know, they find the coach, they find the system that caters to them. Not that they wouldn't mm-hmm. be good anywhere else, because they would be good anywhere else. But there's no way, like, if, if um, Breeze almost signed with Miami uh, before before going to New Orleans, there's no way that Drew Breeze becomes the NFL's all-time leading passer in yardage in Miami. Right. There's just no chance. Yeah. He found the right coach, the right system to squeeze every last bit of talent out of him, to everything out of him. Whereas I think... There are legitimately, at least in our lifetimes, three quarterbacks that are not system QBs. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Patrick Mahomes can play for anyone. And that's it. Yeah. Brady's already, Brady and Peyton have both shown that. And Mahomes, uh, he, I, I believe that all the way. And he'll probably be a chief till the day he dies. But um, I could see that guy going anywhere. And all of a sudden that team is a yep. contender. Like yep. automatically. Yep. Automatically. And, and, so. and I'm, like, I'm, I'll throw... You you can't convince me that if Aaron Rodgers played suddenly made the move to Houston that they would be a playoff or Super Bowl team. No way. Oh, like that, that they wouldn't be if he got or that like they if would he went be there. Just hypothetically speaking, there's no way they're a good team. Oh no, the, the Texans. Okay, oh, they have a no. list. They have like a laundry list of problems and stuff. They lost Hopkins and JJ Watt's gone now. This is Deshaun Watson thing, like I, which we'll, we'll get, we'll get to into here in, yeah. just in a second, but but like. That kind of stuff, I think, psychologically, like, wears on a team and all this, like, drama and BS and all this other stuff. Like, they're not going to be the, the, you know, Lando, the Texans weren't all that great last year and stuff. But, like, I don't think that they're going to be much better than that with all of this shit that has gone down yeah. um, in the last little bit of time. Like, you can yeah. get Aaron Rodgers and the Josh Gordon in his prime there, and I still don't think that they're going to be, like, okay, they're guaranteed for the, um, guaranteed for the Super Bowl yeah. and stuff. So, uh, real, okay. Real so, yeah. quickly, real quickly before we move on here. Um, if you were to ask me, though, who's the most likely Hall of Famer to come out of the, this year's draft, it's that motherfucker mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. Um, oh, yeah. I, like, I, I, would, I would be shocked if Kyle Pitts, he's, like, I would be shocked if, if Trevor Lawrence isn't good just because of his, we got to see him for three years at Clemson play. Like he's unbelievable clearly, mm-hmm. but I would be, so I'd be pretty shocked if he was bad. I would be, I would be beyond belief. This is like, put your, put your, like bet your house on Kyle Pitts being a multiple time pro bowler kind of thing. I would bet it would be him. And I would be shocked if that didn't happen. Anything that I have heard read about that guy, even footage I've seen, 
it looked it's nothing but positive stuff like you know like how um we've we've talked about in the past and it's definitely like a discussion in the amongst football now is this the rise of the tight end and everything like that and like the um all these tight ends and stuff like kelsey and kittle that are Mm -hmm. just you know kind of reinventing the position this guy could end up being one of those like generational like tight ends and stuff like that like this guy could be like like historic this guy could be one of those dudes that like everybody wants to be like this guy and stuff tight end wise we could be looking at like a tight end renaissance here in the next five ten years yeah he he's he's like a small forward that's as strong and as as strong as a defensive end and fast as a wide receiver like you would you make players in madden that's how you make them (laughs) right (laughs) yeah exactly that is like freak of name that is just like somebody like otani was touched by the baseball gods like the football gods opened up the sky and delivered like kyle pitts to florida that is for fucking sure man yeah i've heard nothing but good things i hope to god that atlanta doesn't like you know I hope to God that it just Atlanta like doesn't like outright Atlanta that guy and everything like that like <laughs> yeah. you know that at some point in time like when when you get behind when a player is so good like that like at some point in time you and I non Falcons fans are just going to kind of get behind this dude like oh my God he's putting up incredible numbers how could you kind of not want to see this guy succeed in some way and it's just like he's he's going to the Falcons and that team you know blew a big time lead to Tom Brady and the Patriots so I just hope that they don't Falcon him up <laughs> right right. <laughs> Okay, so let's go into um, we're a little bit of like some Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers talk, and like so there have been three things that have um, you know captured my attention in terms of some in players and trading and who's going to be on which team, and it's Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. So are all three of these players are they going to remain with their current teams or are they going elsewhere? Um, Aaron Rodgers is the only one staying with his current team. Um, I, I just think that was just a bluff to sort of like, like the, the, the Packers recently locked up one of his favorite tar- targets, Robert Tanyan. Um, <clears throat> it feels like he does this every year, just complains about, you know, complains about management. Uh, I can't remember the, the GM's name, Knudsen or Gnudsen or whatever. Um, he complains about him every year. Um, quite frankly, if I'm like the, cause the, the Packers don't have an owner, they have a board. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm the board, I, I'm firing the GM if it makes Aaron Rodgers shut up and like like want to stay in Green Bay. Like that's right. kind of a no brainer for me. But um, but like Aaron Rodgers is the only one staying. Like I, I just can't. There's there's not a team right. Well, there's teams that definitely would trade for him, but I don't think there's a team ready made right now. In the same way that the the Buccaneers were ready made to win a Super Bowl. All they needed was the trigger man. All they needed was the quarterback. I don't think there's another mm-hmm. team like that that doesn't already have a quarterback. Like, uh, like are the Chiefs going to make the swap? Are the, are you know, are the, I mean, I guess the Steelers would make the swap, but that's not like an upgrade for, for Aaron right. Rodgers. Would, would the Baltimore Ravens make the swap? I don't think, I don't, especially the way that they play right now and the personnel that they have, is Aaron Rodgers going to start running the ball a lot? Like, uh, like, like Jackson. Right. <laughs> um, so like there isn't a team that's just like waiting for an Aaron Rodgers, basically. Right. Um, maybe the closest yeah. team would have been San Francisco, but they drafted Trey Lance clearly. So like there's, they want him to play. Yeah. So Rodgers is staying. Um, Julio Jones is long gone from Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, when you really think about it, just to kind of piggyback off the Kyle Pitts thing, I, Matt Ryan is still like a decent quarterback. Um, as long as they have offensive linemen in front of them, now you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. 
that feels like you they could and with the Saints, you know, Drew Brees is retired. Um, the only other team that you have to would have to get past would be the Buccaneers and like the fine finish second you're in. Um, just kind of feels weird that he wants out now when this yeah. might be his last shot. I mean, I, I don't know, but I don't want to get into that. But he's he's gone. And Chema, I would be shocked with all of the allegations and his own sort of bike boycott prior to those allegations. I'd be shocked if Deshaun Watson plays this year. Oh, yeah. Like Deshaun Watson, like with all these, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like in court come, come the fall and stuff like that every single day with all this stuff that's unfolding and everything. He's he out of the three. Yeah. He's the one that is the biggest potential to like, number one, not be on his team, but like not be in the league come right. next season and stuff like that. And um, like, I gotta, I gotta ask you this too. So like you, all these allegations and everything, it comes up right around the time that he wants to do this trade and stuff like that. Like it makes what I hear, what I'm just is my own stupid mind. And I know a lot of fun has been sucked out of conspiracy theories last, the last <laughs> couple of years, but like, it seems to me, that like the Texans had a file on all this bad behavior. And the minute that he like, you know, decided he wanted to trade, that's when it all came out. Like I, I, I almost believe that somebody knew about this for a long time and kept it under wraps. And now that he wanted to get out of Houston, that's like their way of saying, fuck you for thinking about uh, leaving us and stuff. See, and, those are the kind of conspiracy theories I can get behind. That's, that's like a, I shouldn't say it's a non-harmful one, but that's like, one that's much lower stakes than the Democrats eating children. Um, right. <laughs> much lower stakes. But that like, dude, that would not shock me whatsoever. The NFL, uh, listen, the NFL knows what their players are up to. And they're mm-hmm. willing to go to some great lengths to hide some of the things that they're going, or at the very least smooth over, over some of the things they're, that they're up to. And right. that would not shock me in the least. Because, because clearly Deshaun Watson's a pervert. Like, He's clearly a pervert. No one needs, what is it, like 50 massage therapists? I don't care right. how sore you are. Your team has one that will help you get through, you know, through the through the soreness of, of a football season. You don't need to go to fucking rub and tugs. Um, right. Unless you're just planning on being a pervert. So clearly they know about this. Um, Chema, I love this conspiracy theory. This one makes sense. Okay, thank you so much, dude, because like I number one with and everything we had talked about leading up into the recording of this episode, like just some of this stuff, like it just I don't know, man, all the crazy shit and how this conspiracy theory is like poisoning the minds of our country, like on a real level, you know, in some ways it just kind of sucks some of the fun out of one. So I'm glad we got the opportunity to enjoy a a less detrimental or thing to our, our society um conspiracy theory mm. with Deshaun Watson because I'm convinced that that's what's going on like in the, the, if that happened not in Texas if that happened anywhere I would say the exact same thing but I just knowing how Texas and football and stuff like that this just seems like a write-up a, a Texas football team's kind of alley that this kind of stuff would, uh, and, would go down right and, and even sure like it, they might you know the Texans obviously might be without without Watson this year that was probably going to happen anyway even if none of this right. came to came to the surface, because he was, I have a feeling he's making enough money. What's sitting out one season for him? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's nothing. He fuck, he'll probably make it up in endorsements or right. something like what's that. What's sitting or, out? Or, nothing. So they're gonna lose him, and you know they're gonna lose him anyway. So then, fine, let's do this. And boy, you just spoiled you spoiled trade value for him. What team would want to touch someone this radioactive right now? 
Yeah, Belichick maybe just because you don't give a shit. But even then, he's not. You know, they're not. No, no one's pursuing the Deshaun Watson right now and stuff because of this whole thing. And appropriately, and appropriately, yeah. they should not be um, until this thing gets sorted out, which I'm sure it's going to end up not looking. He's not going to look so well out of this. So we'll see how this whole thing happens. But um, I, I just that's something that I believe. I'm glad we got to get a little enjoyment out of it. So I will. Um, I'll continue on here by saying um, Julio Jones. No fucking idea why he would want to leave either right now. That that is, I'm telling you, like you picked a one fucking dumb time to want to leave. But if you're gonna leave, you're gonna leave, and um, yeah, you just don't end up in Baltimore or the AFC North, as far as I'm concerned. I was gonna say, I, where did like, okay, where do you think he does end up, and where do you think would be like optimal for him to end up? Okay, so there's been a lot of talk on the radio about him going to Baltimore, which is very, very scary to mm-hmm. me. I, I'm, I'm, I will be 100% honest with you. I do not know the mathematics of his contract or anything like that. So if I'm just spouting out teams or whatever, yeah, that is the, that is the scariest possible choice for him for him to go somewhere. Um, and like I, I hate to say it too, but like. other AFC North teams, you know, that if they could put the money together or something, I don't want him there. If he was on the Browns, I would gladly trade Odell Beckham for him. I would have no problem doing, doing that. Yeah, I think so um, too. I I think it's a safe play. And like, I'll tell you this too, man, I'll even, I'll go on a, I'll go on an even bigger, um, walk a bigger plank here. If the Browns were going to be good this year, I'm confident enough at it. If they wanted to, put a, a draft pick next year up for him, go for it. Why the hell not, right? You did the same thing for Odell. So if, if it if it means we keep Odell and we trade a draft pick to get Julio Jones, I'm all for it. Or if we had to trade Odell, whatever it is, I would like to get him on the Browns uniform just to keep him away from other people in the uh, in the AFC North. Um, but I would safely assume that the Falcons don't want to um, trade him into the NFC. So mm-hmm. I don't believe that they will make a trade in the NFC of Julio Jones. So like just basically don't end up anywhere in the AFC North and don't end up on a team that we end up playing in the schedule. So he could go anywhere else except <laughs> for the AFC North and the teams on the Brown schedule. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to rant off about Aaron Rodgers really quick. Um, I'm so sick of this bullshit with him. This is the one I'm kind of, this is the storyline I'm kind of exhausted on. Um, it just came out of nowhere. Like I, I didn't expect this. And like, it's something that is being talked about just about every goddamn day um, on in sports media online. Um, I just want them to do whatever they can to keep him just to end this whole fucking thing. And if you're the green Bay Packers, you do not want to be the green Bay Packers team that lets Aaron Rodgers fucking walk. <laughs> yeah. That's just a really, just a really, really dumb move. And you're right, man. Like there's, there's not a lot of teams like if any that he could go to and just like all of a sudden insert and then be ready to go. You know, the teams that, um, he would go to that could do that, like like Russell Wilson or whatever, like wanted out of Seattle. I guess they kind of agreed to terms for now. They made mm-hmm. him happy as they I don't know how they're not buying that dude whatever he wants. But um, San Francisco would have been the other one. Aaron Rodgers went to went to Cal Berkeley and He's stuff. From, He's from a the West area, Coast yeah. dude from the area. I, I believe his favorite team is the 49ers. So like that just kind of would that would just seem to make sense with the Trey Lance draft. They're going to want that dude to play. You're right. ASAP. So if you're, if you're the Packers in this situation, you basically do what Aaron, whatever the fuck Aaron Rodgers says and just make it happen and just squash the stupid thing. So you're not dealing with it next year. So that that's all I had to say on that one. There's, there were people like, I, I've heard some people convinced, like calling into sports radio 
um, convinced that this is all like Shailene Woodley's fault. Um, that like, like, well, his, his wife or his girlfriend, whatever, she's, you know, she's a Hollywood person and, you know, oh, she doesn't God. want to be in green. I'm like, do you think that Aaron Rodgers lives in Green Bay? Like, no. he, I mean, yeah, he lives there during the season. Guess what? He lives in fucking California the rest of the time. He's already out right. there. Like he's, yeah, he's and like, believe me, like he has a house there. He probably has a house in Florida. Like he's so rich. He has houses in every damn state. He doesn't yeah. care. And, yeah, dude, she's going to be shooting stuff. So, like, the whole, like, oh, my God, Shan Woodley doesn't want to live in Green Bay. She's never going to live in Green Bay. No. She'll be making a two- or three-day trips there at the most. You know what I'm saying? She's so, an in-demand like, actress who will be on stuff, on set doing stuff. So, like, you're right. Like, we'll see her, well, we'll probably see her, like, you know, the opening game. They'll, like, they'll make a note that the Shailene yeah. Woodley's in the sands. And then, like, probably, what, like, the Christmas Day game against the Browns? Yeah, Christmas Day, maybe a playoff game playoff when game. it's really cold. Like, hey, look, yeah, like, hey, look at Shane. She's in the cold. Oh my God, Hollywood actress, cold. You know, that it'll be something like that. And that that's it. She'll get that's three. It. She'll get five minutes of time between three games in a three month long season, four month long season, and that's it. Exactly. Yeah. I got to tell you, the video of him, Miles Teller, and her, and the other, and uh, Miles Teller's girl from singing Wagon Wheel gives me fucking nightmares. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. God, dude. <laughs> Jesus God, him with the—I think it's Aaron Rodgers in the hair. I think the hair really like just kind of bugs me with the guitar and all that stuff. Doesn't and, he? Doesn't? Yeah. Isn't it? Doesn't also? I mean, I know he's like not that much older, but doesn't it feel like Aaron Rodgers is a lot older than all of them? Uh, dude, yeah, it looks like it looks like a cool dad hanging out with a bunch of kids. <laughs> kids, yeah. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> she's what? She's twenty-eight, twenty-nine. I think Miles Teller's like thirty. So it's not like yeah. a steep age gap, but like he just looks so much older. I mean, like, I mean, oh, yeah. part of it is he's like much bigger, but like he just looks so much older. I know all, he's got gray hairs like everybody else's, like their skin is all tight and everything like that, you know, looking young. And here's Mr. Rogers, gray hair and the long gray hair, no less. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just, done, it just doesn't look right. You know what I'm saying? It's just the, the image of them together does not look right to no. me. <laughs> okay. So into the next question, this has been another topic um, or conversation I've heard about lately microchips and footballs are you for against this uh in the nfl i mean i guess it would only really matter on goal line plays right like that would be the only legit i mean mm-hmm. like this like the you know the idea like on, on like first downs over the course of the season you the, like the average nfl team probably breaks even on where first downs are placed and i know that like that might become more impactful in certain games in certain situations but you probably get a spot here and give a spot there and you probably break even the only like place it would really like matter would be on the goal line and like when you we have the the mass of humanity and we can't see where the football is so i mean if it works i don't know how you would make it work exactly um but if you could make it work why not who cares yeah, I don't see any arguments against it. I don't see any negatives in this whole thing. I, I doubt the ball is going to be heavier or whatever. Some dumb shit people would come up with. To oh argue my god, against it's, go, it's going to be a, a point zero eight grams heavier, like a, <laughs> right. a negligible amount. Suddenly, Patrick Mahomes can only throw the ball thirty yards downfield. <laughs> right, that's right. Oh my god, it's like they just put five pounds into this ball. Like, you know, I just I don't see any like negatives and the the way that technology is advancing and integrating into sports and stuff like that, this is just this is just the future and stuff. And if it helps them get 
more accurate readouts, if it maybe saves a challenge play or some something like that every now and then, mm-hmm. then y- yeah, I'm all for it. And, and, and if it does save challenges, that means like teams could actually like you know use them for other situations and stuff like that, and we won't have to waste time with like little piddly you know kind of things that could just be decided through technology and stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm all for it. You know what? You know what they should microchip. And I know I know some teams have done this at various levels. Um, I think like universities have done it. I want I want you to put a microchip, like some kind of like a like a Fitbit, basically, into your shoulder pads. I want to know how fast mm-hmm. these guys run in full full gear. Because oh, like, that'd be great to know. It's it's always you know we always like see like the forty times at the at the combine. Well, the next time Tyreek Hill runs without padding on, will be the first time someone in the football field in like eighty years has done that. Um, so, but I'd rather get like Tyree kills time full pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, dude, I think that'd be very, very helpful to know. And like, if you could start to integrate microchips in the, like, you know, the, the shoulder pads and like the helmets and stuff, you could better judge like impacts and things like that. You might be able to design better equipment to like help, you know, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. prevent injuries or something like they, that. You know, they the, have like, it new for materials. They have, um, I can't remember what they're called, but essentially speedometers for helmets. Um, okay. I think it, I think every college team has at least every um, like major college team has them. Um, God, I can't remember what they're called, but basically they're like impact sensors that like if your helmet accelerates too fast, then it like it you know it reads that there's like a chip in there that reads that and it tells the sideline that you know this linebacker's helmet accelerated to a certain speed. We have to get him off to give him like a quick check. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. I think that's a great idea. Th- that kind of stuff is a great idea, and like in the future and you know that could just only mean like you know less serious injuries and stuff like that less like chances of cte things like that you know it's good to like study these kind of injuries because you could tell that they really never did prior to you know like this was just something that they never really studied until more recently Mm -hmm. it seems like to me with all the the cte news and stuff so i'm all for microchips let's integrate technology more um let's not make it too we don't need robots but let's add a little bit more technology uh to the game for sure and with that, now let's move into the Browns. God, okay. First of all, what do you think about the performance in the draft? I lo- I'm going to tell you right now, I loved it. A, I loved all the choices, dude. What about you? I mean, I, I, I'm not going to give it a grade. That's just like an impossibility. But like you, I love the things that they did. This is like the sort of draft that competent teams have year after year. This felt like a Patriots mm-hmm. draft. That we, yeah. took a, we took a guy in the first round who is obviously, I mean, if you're going in the first round, you're talented, right? Like, clearly, that's, right. <laughs> that's not, that goes without saying. But they took a guy that they looked at and they said, they looked at Newsom and they said, okay, so he's not, he, maybe he doesn't fit our scheme exactly, but he's sort of, I heard this, I heard this, I heard this um, in terms, I can't remember if I heard it on a podcast or if it was just on the radio, but like, someone called uh, Newsom scheme agnostic, that it doesn't matter. If, if you want to play him in zone, man-to-man, in the slot, if you want to, you know, whatever, mixed coverage, whatever, he plays it. He can do it. And I love that, that it was just sort of like a pick that we go, we're going to take you because we know that you can play the position of cornerback. Whatever that looks like mm-hmm. for us, it's not going to be too much for you to handle. But then I loved how, with the next pick, they get uh, JOK, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, a guy who does fit the scheme, who is yeah. sort of that hybrid safety linebacker type. That mm-hmm. we that we look at and we go, okay, that Joe Woods looks at and goes, okay, you're going to be on the field a lot because, you know, we run essentially like four defensive linemen, one linebacker. So 
we need someone who's sort of an in-between to run that to run that position. I don't know what you want to call it. You want to call it the you know the third safety or you know hybrid linebacker or whatever. Like I love that like those were the first two picks. One that addressed mm-hmm. a need, but without like reaching for someone reaching for someone that we thought could have been better. We just said, like, this guy can play football. Doesn't matter what the scheme is, just let him go play. And then I love that we took the chance took the chance on a first round talent that is something that exactly that we need. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you right now I'm gonna answer the second question. I am so excited to see JOK on the fucking field. Chad Henney is not getting that first down with that dude on the field. I will exactly. personally assure you of that. Like that it almost is like they drafted him to make sure what happened in that playoff game never ever happens again. And I completely respect that. And like the um like I'm sure I've told you this before, you can go ahead and make fun of me, but like I closetly follow Notre Dame football and stuff like that. I ever since Rudy, I always have. And um, I've been kind of watching this dude like throughout the course of the season, whenever I, whenever I'm catching Notre Dame and uh, I I dig this guy, like, this is just somebody that I was like, I saw him available and I'm like, you better do whatever you fucking can to get this goddamn guy. And they did. And I was so happy about that. It's another, just a key element in the defense. The you're right about this hybrid safety linebacker position. Like, that's really cool too. Cause we need that kind of mobility out there and stuff. And like and every, with, every NFL team needs that now. Everyone needs one yeah, guy like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And like, we're going to, he's going to have to go up against like the Lamar Jackson's of the world. He's going to have to go up against like Mahomes and stuff. And like, you're being, you would want that guy around so much when Lamar Jackson has that football, because mm-hmm. at any point in time, that pass play could collapse into a run play where he just goes off. And like, I look at JOK as somebody who's got the speed to like put Lamar Jackson in check and stuff. So I, um, I believe that this guy, um, along, you know, we got, we did a nice revamp on the defense. I, I'm not going to say that this dude is going to go out and be like the key number one shooting star on the defense. Cause like I'm in the miles Garrett camp on that mm-hmm. forever. I'm still, but, um, this is such an inter- integral piece to the defense. Um, and I, I just could be any happier that we got him. And uh, the other guy, like, I hope that this guy sticks around. Um, this guy, Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, because uh, I've just heard like that this dude, like, I, I've heard the phrase like Olympian type speed. I don't know if he was on the Olympics or if his speed is literally as fast as like. But I hear that this dude's really, really fast. And like, he could be. Yeah, he could be poor man's uh, poor man's Tyreek Hill. Okay. Okay. So like, if this guy like um becomes something. And we're, we're in that position next year where, like, we might have to get rid of Odell or somebody from our wide receiving core. Like, I would be okay if this guy turned out to be decent, you know, knowing that whoever we were trading away, we have a good wide receiver to, like, well, step up and fill the shoes. I'll tell you right now, that's not what he's ever going to be. But he could be the kind of, like I said, poor, poor man's Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah. He's going to be the kind of guy that you run in the slot, you turn and hand the ball off to in some place, jet sweep. You throw a little screen mm-hmm. pass to, or you just let him run past everyone downfield and just try to throw it downfield to him. I don't. I would be surprised if Schwartz is ever like a real route running wide receiver. It just he's not built like that. I mean, he's a smaller guy, um, mm-hmm. and like I would just I would almost rather just like to just run past everyone, just go run past everyone. <laughs> right. Um, I, mean, I like the pick. I like the I like the idea of like okay, like we saw what a Tyreek Hill could do for you, so let's try mm-hmm. to find. You know, let's try to find that nugget in the draft that is like a Tyreek Hill type player. And I, you know, not saying that he's not saying like this is a guarantee at all, but that's sort of what they have in mind for Anthony Schwartz. 
I gotcha. I gotcha. And the last thing I'll say, like, um, I heard it today. I just, this is one of the last things that I heard before I turned the radio off. Uh, Daryl Ryder did a report with 92.3 and the, um, the running back from UCLA that they drafted, I think it was like the last guy or I heard he did really, really well um, today. Daryl Ryder had some positive things to say about him. So, you know, if this guy makes it like, we just could be looking at some very, very, very exciting um, people to watch this season and, for the Browns. Yeah, but he's good to have that, that. He's in a similar – the idea behind Demetri Felton is very similar, that you can just kind of give him the ball. However, You know what? Probably more like a smaller, smaller, quicker version of Kareem Hunt is basically okay. what he kind of profiles as. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing with all these picks, with Demetri Felton, um, a guy that I like, um, uh, James Hudson out of Cincinnati – None of these, none of the guys really drafted in the third, fourth, fifth round, um, or later. We're not counting on them to to really. I mean, it'd be nice if they yeah. all made the team, obviously, but like mm-hmm. we're not counting on a fourth round tackle to start. Years right. past, we would have we would have made a fourth round draft pick as, of a tackle or defensive tackle. They like we would want them to like play a lot, and right right now we're in a position with like with James Hudson. To go, it'd be if you if you play if you practice well and you play so well on the practice field that we have no choice but to play you. Great, that's that's fantastic. But it's fine if it takes you one or two years to right. to just develop, just become a better player, develop, become an NFL player, and then in two years time, when you know inevitably some of the linemen are let go or you know whatever, um, you know contracts up, and they don't return, you're ready to go. And that's something we haven't had in, in Cleveland in years, decades. Oh. Yeah, dude, you're so right on that, man. Like, there's in previous drafts, like, I'd be listening to the radio, and it's like, we know all the details about, like, these, you know, like, later on draft picks and stuff like that. Like, you hear these guys, and they're like, man, it would just be so great if, like, Deshaun Kaiser stepped up and was a star quarterback. And it's like, yeah, I don't really think that he's in the position to do that, you know, year number one and mm-hmm. stuff. And, like, um, the good thing is, is that it's a, it's a sign of how established our team is, which is a really, really good feeling to have. That like, you know, hey, uh, take two years to develop. Go ahead. Like we have people that could do the job while you develop. It's a good sense of security to have. Exactly, exactly. And and that's you know what, if Demetric Felton doesn't make the team, that's that's I'm not saying that's a good sign necessarily, but maybe not a good sign for him. It's a good sign for us though, that we mm-hmm. we brought in someone that we think could be dynamic, but there's just no room for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, that that is a really, really good fucking problem to have, dude. That that is a great mm-hmm. goddamn problem to have. I'll take it. So, just really quick. So, out of these guys, like the rookies or the new um, other people that we brought in, like the Clownies and Joe Johnsons, who are you excited to see on the field? I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here, but I'm I'm saying it still counts. We didn't get to see him last year. I want to see Grant Delpit. Um, oh yeah, we drafted Grant Delpit last year with the full expectation that he was going to be on the field a lot. Um, and this is a guy that was very talented at LSU. Um, unfortunately, got bit by the injury bug, and in is you know before in training camp. Right? I think it was even before training camp. Might have been. No, it was like the beginning, very beginning of training camp. Um, so didn't get to see him at all last year. So I'm going a little bit off the board here, but you know he's not a rookie, but we haven't seen him play yet. Yeah. So I want to see, right, dude. especially because now we've kind of we've I want to say we've loaded, um, you know, the, his position safety up, but now he doesn't have to come in. And be like the man right away. He can kind of like fi- mm-hmm. figure out how he fits into. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, with a Joe Johnson being there and stuff, like he's Joe Johnson's like a highly rated safety on any of these like best safeties in the league that I've seen. I've seen mm-hmm. a couple like where he's in the top ten. So if you have a guy that like that in front of you, that's a good dude to learn from, and that's a good dude to like 
you know, to, to be behind and everything. Like you could get that experience as a safety and stuff like that. Like while he's not playing and then, you know, when basically when Delpit's not on the field, you have Joe John. It's like, it's a win win yeah. either way. And yeah. I hope he stays healthy. That's because yeah. the way, the way that this league is changing and stuff, it's just vital that, uh, and becomes more of a passing league. It's just vital that um, we have really good, really deep um, cornerbacks and safeties and stuff. It's just important. Nowadays, it's more crucial than ever. Yep. Yep. Okay, so which of the uh, the games out of the 21, 21 schedule are you the most excited for? Well, I'm going to give you a top three, um, okay. and in 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 descent, you know, in order one to three. Um, first and foremost, I I am I'm just I'm champing at the bit to see the Chiefs again. Like I yep. I really, you know, obviously if Patrick Mahomes stays in that game, um, I think I think maybe Kansas City wins in a little bit more of a convincing manner, but like. Nonetheless, it wasn't like it wasn't like Kansas City was blowing our doors off prior to his right. injury. Um, and mm-hmm. if it wasn't for a bad miss, you know, uh, spearing, you know, helmet to helmet targeting call that didn't get called, um, that game is a lot. Well, we would have won the game um, yeah. if it wasn't for that call. Right. But also, that game in the first half is a lot tighter um, if yeah. that uh, if that call doesn't get missed. So, like, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the Chiefs again, um, and I'm coming coming back at them with our team and. After, after, especially after seeing how, and I know the Chiefs have upgraded their offensive line since uh, since the Super Bowl. Obviously, they've traded for Orlando Brown Jr. and drafted guys. Um, but like seeing how that's the formula. To get, I mean, it's the formula to get to any quarterback. Just get to the quarterback. Destroy the offensive line, and you can make great quarterbacks look bad. And mm-hmm. it, he, and for that matter, he didn't actually look bad. Um, but but I'm excited to see the Browns come at him with a revamped defense. Um, you know, to open yep. up the season. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, can't wait for the Chargers for the inevitable Chargers shootout. Um, Justin yep. Herbert looks like the re- real deal. We can have a fun midseason game in which in like we approach like 100 points. And then mm-hmm. I'm really excited for this Packers Christmas Day matchup. It just yeah. it gives you that sort of old school tingly feeling. Like you can imagine the NFL films music playing in the background as it snows. Like it just it's, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those games that could be sort of the sort of the national coming out party for like the Browns, you know, if, if they play well and they win, it, that could be sort of like the, all the pundits talking about are the Browns the next, are the Browns the Super Bowl favorite this year? Yeah, dude, I'm very excited for that Christmas day game as well. Like that's going to be, it's a four o'clock game, dude. Like on Christmas, all eyes are going to be yep. on that. Like you're a lot of people's holiday stuff. Like is usually over by like two, three o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. So that is just going to be all eyes on the Browns and stuff. And if they come out and, and they, slug it out which i believe that they will that is a game that i had them picked to win um that's just gonna you're right that is their coming out let's get this party started kind of game and stuff like that and well i think they could be happen love oh yeah 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 that's right (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) but anyway (laughs) sorry yeah yeah no but like um the um no this is a good one (laughs) anyway so the um that's like I just love that they're playing on a holiday too, mm-hmm. you know, like at Christmas being on Saturday and stuff. And uh, I think we were up for, there was like talk of like one of the playoff games, I think being like, it was supposed to be, I think the chiefs game. I was like, okay, maybe this game will end up on Saturday, but it ended up being on a Sunday. Um, I just love the idea of it just being on a Saturday. That way I can get partied the fuck out on mm-hmm. Saturday and not have to worry about going to work the next day. So I really, really love that game. Um, you're right. The chiefs game. 
that that is like the dude who lives down the hall from me is a Chiefs fan. I guarantee we're going to be watching the game together, talking shit back and forth to one another. So like, and my I got a friend in Louisville who's also a Chiefs fan mm. that I really like. Um, excited to talk shit to, and uh, the Chargers game, as I told you before we started, that is a game I am going to. That is the game that I'm so nice. excited about this year. I'm loving the idea of getting to go check out the SoFi Stadium from the inside. I've seen it from the outside a couple of times. I'm up close. So this is just, once again, I like the other thing too, I have never been to um, another NFL stadium for a game. Mm. Like I, I, like, yeah, it's weird. Like I, um, even in concerts, I've never even been to like another NFL stadium. The only other, the only stadium show I've ever seen in my entire life, but there's two of them. One was at, it was U2 at the Brown stadium, which I'd been to a bunch of times before that. And then I saw the stones at the um, Ohio state mm-hmm. stadium at the horseshoe, which like I had been to prior to, um, to going to that. So I've never been in another pro stadium for football. And I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'd like I've never been to another uh, baseball stadium. I've been to like um, a couple like hockey arenas and basketball arenas and stuff just because of indoor concerts and stuff. But like I've never been to another football stadium. So I'm very excited to uh, check this out. Uh, you know, now that you mentioned that, I haven't either. I've been to baseball, like other baseball stadiums before, but never football. Yeah, like I, I dude, like I'm not gonna lie. I've only had like one or two, like even like, hey, let's go to Pittsburgh for a game. And I, I just didn't take it. So, like, uh, this is no joke. Like, it's something I would have thought I would have done by now, but um, but I haven't. I'm finally going to do it. It's a, it's uh, a good way to break. It is, to, it's a good way to pop that cherry to go to SoFi Stadium. I think looks ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to uh, to check out that stadium and stuff. We're I'm interested to see what the tailgating scene is like too. We're we're debating on tailgating or just kind of partying it up at the house before we uh, head down because like mm-hmm. the stadium is um yeah you're pretty close SoFi right? Stadium and the yeah that is the closest anything to me like entertainment wise okay. like the, the forum is the, the closest concert venue the um the sofi stadium is the closest like stadium mm, to us everything okay. else is a lot farther away so yeah dude we're in terms of like um where we live like this is basically like living in um in, in like the like 117th like the, the most eastern section of lakewood to the brown stadium that's kind of like where where we are okay and gotcha. i can't yeah i can't wait dude i'm gonna i got this uh awesome gvr brown shirt that i'm gonna wear to the game provided they don't come out with anything more awesome and i, I buy that and wear it to the game so i'm i'm just i can't wait dude i'm very excited yeah it's gonna be fun it's i think regardless that regardless if we win or lose that's gonna be like one of the games that we look back on not not too unlike the browns ravens game from last year uh those, those mm-hmm. the uh, monday night game that's gonna be one of those games you look back on like well that was fun <laughs> like yeah, regardless yeah, like, that was right. fun Oh yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a shootout. Like, dude, yeah, you're right. It could easily be a hundred hundred point game or something. Like, I'm hoping Baker and Herbert have like a, a real like quarterback showdown and stuff to check out. I don't want any of this boring nine to three bullshit. Like, I want to go there and see like you know football as like what football's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, what is your uh, quick uh, record prediction? Uh, I'm you know I'm gonna stick similar to this this past year. I'm gonna say eleven and six. Um, and okay. that's good because we're playing better competition this yeah. year. Um, right. and, and, you know, you add in the second, yeah, obviously with the add in the extra game. Um, so I think, you know, getting to 11 and six would be fantastically. Like that's to me, that's like proof, even, even 10 and seven to me, that's proof that mm-hmm. the Browns are not some like flash of the past, which I don't think they are anyway, but that's just sort of proof that like, that's the next step forward to becoming like a legitimate playoff team and a Super Bowl contender. If they go 11 and six against the schedule. 
yeah, I I have the exact same record. I had them like a, I had them drop into Baltimore once. I had them. I think they're going to lose to the Bengals one of these times. Like I just Joe Could Burrow be. is mm-hmm. just going to have a, a stupid game, you know. And like um, I I hate to say this because I really want them to win, but like logic is kicking in and saying that they might not beat the Chiefs. So right. like I have that as part of my early record stuff. Um, for some dumb reason, I had them losing um, to the Vikings. That's just another just game I picked where I just don't see them coming in and showing up to play and stuff like that. And um, Jesus Christ, my other losses were. Uh, let me see. I had. Um, sorry about that. Give me one second. I had the Arizona. I had them tanking to Arizona, and then I had them losing to. Uh, God, I had them dropping to the Steelers for one game. Is, I just um, like it's just. Is Arizona that last game? So Arizona, it's not the last it's game. The it's the seventeenth. Yes, yeah, the seventeenth of October. Um, okay. They're the way that they they end the schedule like very weirdly because it's Baltimore. Oh, it's, it's, it's on almost November all. 20. It's almost all of our like our rivals because we don't play in division until like week seven, six. That is. Uh, let's see here. You're right. We go through uh, the, the Chiefs, the Texans, the Bears, the Vikings, the Chargers. The Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Steelers on Eight. Halloween is our first division game. That's late. Yeah. <laughs> That's real late. Yeah, the, the, that is really late. And then we go from we go from the Bengals to the Patriots to the Lions. Then there's Baltimore, the bye week, Baltimore again, which is brutal. First time um, that's first time like, that's happened in like fifty years or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't like that. There's like I think that they could have did like a better job with that scheduling wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did it, but I I, I don't. I, I, my like my that. guess is my guess is that extra Cardinals game threw off where that game was going to be placed. Definitely, yeah, with, without a doubt, dude. Like, yeah, that did. Um, because I was under the impression that the Cardinals game was going to be the last game of the season. I, I that's what I thought it was going to be, but um, them putting it in the middle probably threw a wrench in everybody's scheduling. And then we uh, go from the Raiders on Saturday, December eighteenth to the Packers, the Steelers, and then the uh, Bengals again. So you're right. I, that, that last I could little chalk up, is brutal. I could chalk up that Bengals loss to the last game of the season if it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. That'll be like the game where we like probably rest a couple people and stuff. And like Joe Burrow probably still comes out and like, you know, throws like a, basically like he's playing like it's he's like playing a for stats. game and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. So like 11 and 6 seems about right. And like what's crazy is like with, with Baltimore being in our division, like I 11 and 6 might not win us the division, but like it's. We're either winning it at eleven and six, or we're having like the the second best record at eleven and six. One of the one of the two. All right. So now, just to kind of wrap everything up, I wanted to end it on this note. Um, recently, the Haslam's like they they kind of like you know endorse like hey you know this is a cool project idea, and I'm sure you've seen some photos of what they plan on doing to uh, the lakefront area of the of the Cleveland, Ohio and stuff. And there's a bunch of different, there's some cool buildings and like, there's this really awesome, like um, Metro parks kind of project that they're working on for like the, the near East side on the mm-hmm. lake. So just some quick questions about this here. Like um, what, what's one positive about this project? Um, what's a negative? And um, is there anything that you, you personally want to see down there? Literally could, could be anything that you could think of. Um, but sorry there, I didn't mean to get quiet. I was coughing. Um, oh, but, no problem, dude. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I want to start off. I don't think there's any negatives about it that we have one of the least utilized waterfronts mm. on Lake Erie. Um, first off, 
let alone of like of like all these like major cities that um you know that exist on the Great Lakes. We have one of the least utilized waterfronts. Fucking Pittsburgh has no lake; they have rivers, and they utilize their waterfronts better. Um, yes. So I don't think there's any negative if this opens up more opportunities for people to, even if it's just like eat, you know, eat on the right. on the banks of the, of the of the mighty Erie. Like, I, I just don't think there's any negative to that. So like, anything that they do there. Um, and we could talk about please getting rid of Berkeley front airport. Um, yeah. like that's once that happens, like I'll, I'll be a very happy, um, you know, uh, Cleveland, suburb, a suburbanite of, of the Cleveland area. Um, yep. So there's just, to me, there's just no downsides to opening up and utilizing anything in that area. I think what I mean, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you, let me, I'll let you go ahead and throw something out here and then kind of like, you know, I want, I want your ideas here. Okay. I'm still thinking on like kind of, I really am still thinking about like what personally I'd like to see included. So go ahead. Okay. So the positive stuff is obviously I'm just piggybacking off what you said. Finally fucking uses that goddamn lakefront dude. <laughs> Finally, final fucking Lee. It's hands down the most underused, underdeveloped tracts of land in the entire goddamn state and more than likely the fucking region, okay? Everything mm-hmm. you said about Pittsburgh, 100% true. I've been down on their waterfront scene many times. It's rocking. Cincinnati uses their river stuff mm-hmm. way better than Cleveland does, and I hate paying compliments to Cincinnati, even though I saw fish there a couple times and it wasn't bad. But I don't <laughs> like uh, – Cincinnati uses their riverfront better. So getting – Anything down there is a positive. I, mm-hmm. I think that that is a positive right away and stuff like that. So I don't, other than the generic, hey, it's, you know, whatever, some buildings, apartments, cool lake views, restaurants and stuff there. I don't have a lot of new stuff to contribute in terms of the positives. Um, anything down there is a positive. Negative wise, little to no negatives. Okay. And I thought about this and I was just like, okay, so, you know, rents might go up. Dude, rents mm-hmm. going up in Cleveland. It's going all, we've, we've hit the, um, we've passed the threshold for the, like, to be shocked about rent going up in Cleveland. Like mm-hmm. I remember when it for like my apartment building, when it went under new management, my apartment, my rent went from 550 to $750. Like, um, that, you know, that sticker shock is, is worn off. And now I, I give body parts to pay seven hundred dollars <laughs> right. rent. But, um, <clears throat> but like in terms of like the, you know, these, the curmudgeon Northeastern Ohio, like, Oh my God, rent's going up. I don't want anything new to happen. That is long gone. Like everything, I think people have gotten used to the adjustment of of rent going up there. So the only negative really is that Burke Lakefront Airport is still there. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get into too much on that because I've been saying it for 20 fucking years now. Like my first like month of living in Cleveland back in like 2003, one of the like seriously was against the airport even after living there for a month. (laughs) So like, dude, yeah, I'm, I'm done with the airport. And like, honestly, like when it comes into in terms of like something like specific to go down there, I'll tell you one thing that I want. I want a statue of Stipe down there. A hundred percent. He's going to get a, he's going to get a statue in Cleveland eventually. So I, I want a statue, statue of Stipe. And, um, I'll, I'll t- I'm going to say this in terms of like, like when it comes to the restaurant stuff, like, yeah, dude, every Rocco or yeah, Rocco from the, the, yeah, Rocco's Pizza, whatever it is. Like Dante, 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 yeah. Chef Dante, he's going to have another pizza place down there, which is all the 0.5 miles away from his other pizza place in the flats. Michael Simon will get a restaurant down there. Uh, Jonathan Sawyer will, you know, shape like straighten his ass out and probably get a restaurant somewhere. Like so, all that I believe is coming. But if I'm going to get specific here, I want one 
like of the smaller breweries in town to get a space down there. Mm. And even if it means like they have to like, you know, maybe if a noble beast has to move from East 13th down there, I'm fine with it. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want like um, I don't want platform to go down there. I don't want Great Lakes to go down there. No thirsty dog. If a fatheads go to, goes down there, that's my excuse to come down and like you know maybe burn down a building. We don't need more fatheads locations. Uh, right. But I I want like one of the lesser known breweries to get a um to get something down there because that is going to be a place that is more than likely going to be fucking rocking um, before and after games. So th- that's my one specific steep, a statue, unknown brewery. Steep, a statue. I, I co-signed the steep, a statue. Um, first off. Yeah. Might as well, might as well put it down there. Right. Um, right. I, you know what? Here's, here's a, here's a negative. I'll give you that. I know the way that this is going to go. The businesses that get chosen, it's all going to be white dudes. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Without a doubt. So, yep, you it, bet. I, so I'm not going to get too deep on this, but you and I both know that's exactly what's going to happen. And like, I'm not like yep. saying like Michael Simon shouldn't get a spot or something, but just I know that's going to happen. So like, if I were to get one thing that I'd like, could we diversify the people that have restaurants and shops and things in there? That'd be good. Yeah. So a nice shot of diversity would be great. And I got to tell you, with the way that um, diversity is being embraced, you know, around the, the country by different organizations and stuff like that. And in, in the last few years, you have to put your money where your mouth is and stuff. And like, it's going to reflect really, really fucking badly on the city when um, I, I'm sure you know about this, but like um, Juneteenth is about to become like a, a holiday in like Cuyahoga County. I'm not entirely sure about the whole state, but like they're adapting Juneteenth and like Cuyahoga County offices are going to be shut down that day. Yeah, my, 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 so, like, my companies recognize it now the last this year and uh, last year. Oh, OK. Awesome. So did you have the day off or did you like. Um, yeah, we had the day like, off last uh, year. Did, did, Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool, dude. That's awesome. Like that, that's really fucking awesome. Um, as that holiday should be totally fucking recognized Mm -hmm. for sure. So like, I feel that, um, if you don't put one African American owned business down in this new development, then a lot of people are going to become really hip to this like false sense of embracing of diversity. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you can't do that. It's bad character right now, especially yeah. after adapting Juneteenth, everything that's gone on, it can't be all white dudes. The whole, it all being white dudes can't be how things go anymore in terms of how businesses are organized and licenses are assigned and stuff right. like that. And it's just not. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And and a big problem, like just thinking like, you know, since you mentioned the brewery thing, that would be like, it'd be really awesome to get a black owned brewery down there. You want to talk about yeah. a space that black people have barely barely put their foot in the door the the craft brew scene is all white all oh white. yes there are so few black owned breweries um like i remember, i don't specifically remember why i was looking this up recently um it had probably had something to do with work but like y- you like in cleveland i would have to travel i think like through three different states to find the nearest one no shit i think i could i could be wrong there might be one in, i could i thought it, i thought there was one in columbus but like the fact that like i have to really think about that it's not great. Yeah, I can't tell you one off the top of my head, so that means it's a, a problem. Yeah. Like, there, there would at least be one... Like, black-owned breweries and stuff like that, like, if there were more than just a couple or you didn't have to... You would be able to know one right off the top right. of your head. You know what I'm saying? Especially... Like, I, me too, Especially considering, considering how saturated with breweries we are in Northeast Ohio. How fucking many there are. None of them are black-owned. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, dude, man, there's... There's that. Go- there's an issue with um, African American owned uh, weed stores and stuff like yep. that that's coming up in Ohio here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles too. So, 
like, yeah, like diversity needs to be embraced, like in, in all industries, not just like, you know, like offices and stuff like that. It really yeah. has to be every industry. There you go. Oh, right. I just solved uh, racial inequality. Yes, you bet we did. Get rid, get rid of Burke Lakefront Airport, more black-run breweries. There yeah, we go. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, dude. Well, that um, that concludes the uh, the outline. Did you have anything else to uh, to add to this uh, this installment of the occasion? Uh, I just have a couple of things here. Um, since you since you uh, since you didn't mention hockey, I will bring it up that in the coming years, you are actually going to be able to see hockey on a television platform because ESPN has recently signed like a twelve-year deal with the NHL to bring games back onto the, the, all their streaming and like, obviously they're the regular platforms. So like very nice. So like, I mean, literally watch an episode of sports center and oh, the only time you get hockey highlights are when the playoffs starts. Otherwise, like you could go an entire episode of sports center and not see a single minute of hockey that's being played. I believe every word of that, and it's good that they finally renewed that deal to get people to see the sport again, which that would be it good. Exists. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not, know, it's not fucking Bigfoot walking through the woods. Yeah, it's not just that um, that sport that they play in cold weather markets, big cities, and in Canada. That's yeah. right. <laughs> no, that's a really that's a really good thing for the NHL, dude. Like, no joke, the NHL has existed basically in my Instagram feed and my Instagram feed the last yep. year or so. So it's good to see them getting um getting some uh, some television stuff again. That's great. I, I remember I remember several years ago when they when NBC started NBC Sports, and but like NHL games weren't even on NBC Sports. They were on like the great outdoors channel that NBC, you know, purchased along like with like whatever, whatever the umbrella of networks that they like, that they soaked up. Like Mm -hmm. they couldn't even put the NHL on like the main sports one for whatever reason. It was fucking bizarre. Yeah. That's ridiculous, dude. I've seen, I've seen NBC, like, like the Canada version of NBC, they call like hockey night in Canada. We have football night in America and stuff. Dude, they actually do it in a really interesting way. Like they go in and out of like multiple games and stuff. So like while one is on a halftime, you get to watch like yeah. another game and stuff. It's a really fucking awesome setup. So like, you know, if they could do something similar, like where you get to see like you're watching like one channel, but you can maybe see like action of different games. That'd be a great way to increase exposure for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, and what do you think the odds are that we <laughs> what do you think the odds are that we have the Olympics? Like, so it would be, all right. So we're, you're talking like the one that is, um, this year. Okay. This year, like is in 2021, they're supposed to have the Olympics that were supposed to take place last year. Yeah. And it's supposed to be in Japan still. Yeah. <sighs> probably not, probably not much. Like we're <laughs> getting, we're approaching the time that the Olympics would be happening. So I'd uh, well, like that... August, but. Yeah, we're we're but like less than I haven't, like 50 I haven't days heard away. anything about it though. It's weird. Like I, I you would think for the Olympics potentially coming up, there'd be more coverage about it, but I like dude, I haven't heard with the exception of the uh the one bronze player I mentioned in Olympics. That's the only time I've heard the phrase Olympics mm. like in the last like year or so ever since it got canceled. So I'd probably say slim to none just out of sheer organizational chaos but um oh i mean it's or, i mean like it's that's not an issue just like it's the coronavirus like it's out of control in japan but they're gonna like they're trying to plow oh. ahead with it okay i didn't say yeah, it's out of I control for... but like they don't have as good a handle on it as we do yeah i keep forgetting that um the rest of the world is having i mean we have our own 
problems right now that the coronavirus is throwing us. We're in a little bit better shape than the rest of the world. <laughs> because we but have I, vaccines. I keep, <laughs> they don't. Right, right. And I, I, I keep forgetting that that there is the rest of the world and they are still kind of having some issues with that. That's right. So yeah, like, you know, if that's the case, like it's probably not going to happen. And then, you know, we could, uh, I'm sure it'll morph into a crazy variant. And next thing you know, there'll be a Japan coronavirus that puts us in the lockdown for a 2021 or something like that. So yeah, who, who knows at this point in time, like it, it might happen. It might not. Gotcha. All right. That's, that's all I got. What, uh, what about you? Any other thoughts? I have no other thoughts. All I can say is just I'm ready for I'm ready for the Brown season to start up. Like let's we got baseball to hold us over and everything like that. And you know, hopefully you and I will get the opportunity to uh, go to the ballpark and stuff now that the uh, you know, restrictions are lifted. We're both vaccinated. We can enjoy some of the season, but dude, let's just get fucking football season here. Like I'm just I'm more ready for this season now than I think I've been for a brown season in my entire life. Are you ready for the football? Um I, Sunday morning party. I I want I want um like I usually whenever baseball season starts, I drop the Conan O'Brien playing 1860s baseball clip. Is like mm-hmm. I usually yep. drop that on Facebook whenever opening day starts. And I think I got to start doing the Chris Farley um, Monday Night Football Bo Cephas skit as, as like my opener for uh, for whenever football season starts. Bring it on, dude! Bring it on! Make that thing the post of the fucking year, dude! Because I've been so excited for football this season. Absolutely. All right, do you want to uh, lead us out of here? I do, uh, everyone. Thanks for thanks for listening to another episode of the Occasionalist, our sports episode. Um, hopefully you got your sports fix with, um, gosh, I, I tried, I really just then try to come up with a nickname for, for our, our sports shows, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely going to cook that one a little bit more in the oven. Um, so the next time we'll, we'll have some obnoxious opening, but, uh, anyway, thanks again for listening, downloading. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us, uh, on, on the tweet machine. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, for Adam Chemalewski, this is Matt Bay saying stay safe out there. <laughs>